peace and love, Internet. This is John Forte. You know the voice. And this is your choice. Premium, premium right here. Combat, combat right here. Combat Jack Show, um, where the intellects get together with the gangsters and the goons and good things happen. Love is love. Yeah. Yo, Internets, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, thecombatjackshow.com. Before we start, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Bevel, the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair, and sensitive skin. Check out getbevel.com, that's G-E-T-B-E-V-L.com today, and use the promo code COMBAT, that's me, Combat Jack, but use COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, to get a 20% off discount off your first month of supplies at getbevel.com. That's getbevel.com. What do you think about that, Pete? I, th- I think it sounds good. Uh, I remember hearing last episode uh, some ads from Bevel. I really didn't know if it was for uh, the white man or particularly even for an Italian man. You know, I mean, we're hairy. I mean, you know, we, we, we got beards. You know, Who's we? Well, I mean, uh, you, the way you uh, spoke about the last ad. I'm not hairy, dude. Okay. Well, you don't have to be hairy, but you do have hair, right? I, I shave my head. And I shave the little bit of beard that I have sometimes. I figure this. The Combat Jack Show has listeners worldwide. Yes. Not all of them are black. Are you feeling left out, man? I do. I do. Because uh, when, I, when you spoke about it, you were like, the bevel is for the African-American. Yeah. Yo, listen, let, me, let me tell you something, man. I got that bevel package. Yeah. I didn't get it. A few it. weeks ago, man. Okay. And I opened it up. Okay. And that, that stainless steel Ooh. razor was looking so fabulous. And the, the lotions in there is just so luxuriant okay, okay. on the skin. Are you feeling left out? I'm not feeling left out, but, uh, you know, I um, appreciate Bevel. Um, How do you appreciate them? I appreciate them for sponsoring the show, right, but I don't, know, I don't know anything about if they're, for, if they're for me. Well, guess what? What? Today we have a representative in what? the building from Bevel to talk about the product, to address your, your questions. I need people. to find out. Internets, let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Mari from Bevel. Is that, is that correct, Ma- Mari? That is correct, okay. Mari. Now, is Bevel designed solely for the African-American skin? You know, it is specifically engineered for the coarse, curly hair, but it's actually for everyone. You can use it, Pete. You sure about that? Yeah. I mean, I use it. Really? Yeah. Well, you have a beard? Yeah, but, you know, I only have to shave every three days. (laughs) So. No, you know, when Combat uh, mentioned that, uh, I I was interested to find out, you know, that, because I I have to shave a lot. You know, I have, you know, every two, three days, easy. You You shave? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm always in the, you know, looking for something new and, uh, you know, something that, you know, because we get comfortable with stuff. Yeah. So Who's I mean, we? You keep saying this we shit. People. People get comfortable. Now, as far as we from before, I felt like you weed the bevel, like in a sense that you were like, the uh, bevel is uh, beautiful and luxurious. Because it is. It is. I love that product. Mm-hmm. Now, what is it about the double or the triple blades that people should know about? Well, they, they cause irritation, right. and here's why. It's because the more blades it has, the more it pulls up the hair. And the reason why a single-blade razor works better, it's because it cuts the hair straight, which means if you have curly hair, it doesn't grow back into your skin. Whereas if you have multiple blades, the first blade will lift the hair, the second one will cut it below the skin. So if you have curly hair, then it starts to grow below the skin, and that's why you get uh, razor bumps. Can I shave my back with bevel? Hey. <laughs> yes. Mari, you're pretty- you have to be very, very careful if you're shaving your back. Mari, you're pretty good with this. How, how, how are you so smart with this product? Like, for well, a woman, how do you know about this shaving item for men? Well, because I work, I work for Bevel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
And Hot Combat, you know, she's a representative from there. Do you do you actually use the product? I, I do. We all use it. Yeah. Okay. Everyone. Okay. Yeah, at our company. Well, can, women, can, men. Can Pete get a Can Pete get a system? Because he's feeling left out. No, I don't yeah, you know what? You know what, Pete? We're going to send you a system. I, I want you that. to have that experience. I mean, I, listen, I'm so that you to can try authentically out. talk about it. At the end of the At the end of the day, that's what it should be about, you know. So you know, when what com- should what should be about what? Well, if you're talking about, like, for instance, yeah, we do the combat jack show. Yeah. We've been doing it for how many years? Four years. Now. Four years now. Okay, so you know, uh, we really been starting to get you know beautiful uh, sponsors like Bevel to come on, and thank and, you. You know, when you when you talk about like something like that, you know, I, I would like to know. You know, like it's like it's kind of like like I'm in also in the food culinary business, the food culture. If I don't know about a certain food, I can't really talk about it. So when Combat mentions about how luxurious Bevel is, no, not luxurious. The lotions are okay. Pause. And uh, you know, I really just don't know. So that's why I'm asking. Okay, we're, we're going to send you a box, and then I'd love you. I'd love to hear what you think. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Mari, thanks for coming on the Combat Jack Show. Sorry to put you on the spot, but you did very great. It's all right. Thanks for and having you sound, me. And, and you sound great. You sound, you sound like a professional. Now, Internets, welcome to the Combat Jack. How do we start this now? Listen, I wanted to talk about something that's been really bothering me this past week, man. You know, about a month ago, we had uh, a guest on the Combat Jack Show, uh, Corey Pagese, who was a former uh, New York City police deputy, officer. Uh, deputy inspector. Dep- deputy inspector of the uh, NYPD. And he came on a show and he told us a very colorful story about his past, about, you know, growing up, how he grew up in Queens and how, you know, you know, he didn't have a lot of options. And he became a member of the Supreme Team, a notorious Supreme Team gang from the 1980s. And he realized he had to turn his life around, join the military and then through there join the NYPD and had, I guess, uh, I guess did very well as, a, as an officer in the NYPD. Climbing the ranks. Climbing the ranks. And. You know, I thought it was a great episode. Um, you guys supported it very well. And last week, it's pretty interesting. Last week, I got a heads up last Friday um, saying that, you know, the New York Post, I, I really hate that paper. I've always hated mm-hmm. that paper because it's just so distasteful. Um, but somebody informed me that the New York Post was probably going to use our story and, 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 and start this smear campaign against the dude. You know, I didn't know how severe this thing was. And like shortly after I got the heads up, I got a call from this reporter, Phil Messing, from the New York uh, Post. And he wanted to ask me some questions about Corey. And, you know, I want to talk to you about things that he admitted on your show. And just the way he presented this, dude sounded just a little too lecherous for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want any part of it. I really don't trust the integrity of the New York Post. So I just really curved him. I didn't take that call. Um, and then, you know, the weekend passed. And, and last, you know, last Monday, it was a cover story, Thug Cop. And they, they quoted the Combat Jack show and, you know, they were just saying some very crazy things about Corey, you know, about just how he was like, you know, like they were insinuating the dude has always been dirty and that he was a dirty cop. And, and it really bothered me because they use our show to really try to take this dude down. And all week, the New York Post has been really unrelenting in terms of like smearing this dude, in terms of discrediting this dude. Um, I heard that the Pat last week, you know, they had officers go to his house. And relieve him of his, his his firearms, and I heard they're now looking into uh, getting rid of his pension, and just a lot of stuff that I'm seeing on social media and on on the internet with re- with regard to people that are anti Corey, just so very hateful, man. So you know, I felt like throughout the week, man, I felt kind of heavy. I felt a little guilty, you know, that anything that we did was being used to discredit somebody, to take away somebody's livelihood. Um, 
And I still, it still feels kind of heavy, you know what I'm saying? Because I never imagined, you know, all the time that we've been doing this show, this, you know, we've been having a great time and we've been giving a lot of people a lot of platform, you know, a, a great platform to explain themselves and express themselves and talk about their history and their past and their future. I never, ever imagined that it would be used in such a hateful, hateful, hateful way, man. Like, what do you think about that, Pete? You know, it also saddens me. It makes me uh, uh, feel like, you know, the way the Post smeared it, and they, kept, they put out a couple of articles. And how oh, they, oh, it seems like they put out an article every day this every week. Every day, yeah. yeah. And, they, you know, what bothers me is I think that, uh, you know, they don't understand how important somebody like Corey Pegues is. Right. Corey Pegues uh, gives people a reason to believe that they can make it out of the street, they can make it out of the struggle. You know, when I was young, I was lost. I didn't know I was troublesome, I was getting into trouble. But if I went and joined the Marines, does that make, does the Marines supposed to tell me that I was bad when I was 16? You know, um, we all have things in our past that we're probably not proud of. But, um, you know, um, hustling and then getting out, that's, that's, that's America's dream. I thought it was a missed opportunity, man, to really talk about how somebody turned their life around and how this great organization, the NYPD, enabled this guy to, 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 to really transform his life, transform the life, transform the life of his family, transform his community. Like, I thought it was just a very missed opportunity. And I also thought, man, and, you know, just the whole thug thing, like thug is such a cold word right now. In, in, in the media for like black, for like nigger, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just really feel bad, and I really particularly feel bad for Corey. Corey's a grown man, you know what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing when he came on the Combat Jack show, so I can't really apologize for him, but I still feel really bad that, you know, these guys, this rag, you know, took a great episode and turned it around against this dude, man. So, you know, Corey, you know, if you hear this, man, you know, hold your head up. You know, thanks for coming on the show. If you ever want to come back and, and you need a fair and balanced platform to talk about your situation, man, you're always welcome. You probably don't want to come back on the show, and I understand that, man, but it's, it's really fucked up, man. And to the, to the New York Post, I see you guys are listening, man, and hey, thanks for the credit, you know, but if it's worth, you know, taking somebody down, man, no thank you. Um, I don't ever want this show. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, it's a crazy week. Like, we got quoted in the, on CNN with Don mm-hmm. Lemon. Mm-hmm. And the whole nine, and it's something that we should have been able to really celebrate. You know, just the mm-hmm. fact that this this little podcast that could is making such waves that we're you know we're we're um, we're disrupting you know major print media, and we're make, we're, we're disrupting you know cable news. You know, what I'm saying it, it should be an opportunity for us to celebrate, but it's so bittersweet, man. You know, it, it, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? But like I said, Corey, man, you know, hold your head up, man. The best to you and your family. And New York Post, that's fucked up, man. Our prayers are definitely with Corey. Yo, what it is, it's your favorite Blacksican, A-King. And don't forget, you can listen to the Combat Jack Show on the CombatJackShow.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So, yo, Pete, man, I'm really excited about our current guest on the Combat Jack Show, man. This man has had such a journey, man, has made an impact on the music industry. And then just really in terms of like just doing some phenomenal shit, experiencing and going through phenomenal shit. Internets, I welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Mr. John Forte. What's up, sir? Cheer. Peace and love. Welcome to the Combat Jack Show, man. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Listen, man, it's funny, man. I saw your name pop up on my timeline on Twitter about a month, a month and a half ago. And I was like, you know what? 
I never met you in person. I never spoke to you. And yet, yet your story is so fantastic. And I, and I thought, you know, and I tweeted out, I would love to interview you. And you responded immediately, man. And I really respect that and appreciate that, man. Um, well, I'm happy you feel that way. Yeah. But I, I, I think that, you know, it, it goes both ways. Like, I am, I am, I am not necessarily the type of individual who jumps at every invitation um, for many, many reasons, because I think that to live a deliberate life is, is to live a better quality of life. Of course. Um, so when the universe kind of conspires and, 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 and energies that you already respect and, and are paying attention to, you know, reach out, I would be a fool not to, not to say in kind, thank you, universe. You, you, you know, because the universe linked this. Like, we, you know, we, we didn't make that happen. Of course. So, of course. I, like I said, I was already plugged in. I was already, you know, paying attention. And, and then that happened. So it's a pleasure to be here. So, so what have you been up to these days, man? What are you, what are you doing, man? It, it seems like you're very busy. <laughs> but what, let the people know what you're working on right now, man. Oh, man. Um, uh, Vanity Fair ran an article on me uh, last year, and it, and it kind of spoke about the, the highlights that I was doing with my media company, which is called La Castle. Um, at that time, we were introducing our third film, which was a documentary, uh, into a film festival, and, and, and Vanity Fair ran a spotlight piece, um, and, and they spoke about, you know, what we're doing in film. What was it the Brooklyn Bard? Exactly, yeah, exactly, it. exactly. So, you know, at, at that point, I'd, I'd done the, the inaugural theme song for the, for, um, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, there was a show on CBS, Brooklyn DA, that you know I, I scored and I was the music supervisor for, um, in addition to the film stuff, and um, uh, uh, a jewelry collaboration that has has come about, um, which was not something that I ever thought that I would do, but as a result of being at a dinner one night and having accessories on and and, and sitting next to a person who took interest in that, and and and, and she said, oh, we should we should do a, a jewelry line together. And I'm like, but I'm not a jewelry designer. <laughs> She's like, but I like your taste and I like what you wear. And, you know, you know, two and a half, three years into it, you know, we, we actually finally have that. So, um, what's, so, what's the name of this jewelry line, man? Uh, well, it's, it's called Forte, but, but, but the, but the larger brand itself is Sydney Garber and Sydney Garber is, um, mm. you know, it's, 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 I mean, it is what it is. Right. Like, like everybody can can look it up and, and see where it is. You know, Bonnie's, so it's a, it's, a actual, it's a actual it's an actual brand that people can go in. Oh yeah, it's like an somebody can listen to this episode exactly, and then right after we're going going to Barney's and be like, I, I, "Where's the yeah. Forte section?" Exactly. I mean, and 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 now there's the uh, there's an actual uh, brick and mortar store that's opening up uh, here in New York uh, on on Madison Avenue uh, later this month. In fact. And as, uh, as, as what you're wearing right now, for, for part of the Forte yes. line. So tell, tell the audience what, what kind of stuff exactly it is. <laughs> so you got some nice bracelets on, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, for, for me, it's... it's uh, Get it, the fuck out of here, you selling jewelry. <laughs> like, for real, my dude? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I mean who, who, who to thunk it? Like, who to thunk it, right? I, I, was, I was from that golden era where, right. you know, people spoke about going to Jacob and, 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 and you know, like... We 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 appreciated accessories, right? You know, but 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 oh, I don't I don't even want to dive this deep. Come on, man, know, go 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 no, go go no, go. No, but but what I'm going to say is I'm going to say like I do not uh, frown upon you know uh, conspicuous consumption for the sake of conspicuous consumption, but I'm very very sensitive to my audience, right. and I don't ever want to put something in in, in in my audience's face that might insult my audience right. 
even if I have like the best intentions or you're proud of your accomplishments, your achievements at the end of the day, I don't want people to feel that I'm somehow uh, glorifying even, jewelry. Nah, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, not, that's not even that. Right. But you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the type of dude to say like, I, you know, if I have something, I want you to have it. Right. I'm not the type of dude who will look at you and say, I have something. And because I have it and you don't have it for There's something wrong, for whatever you. reason, right. You know, this is how, you know, I, I, I think of you, you know, as less than. And, and to me, like, you know, that's, that's, that, that's not where my heart is. Um, and it's not to say that, <laughs> that the jewelry that, that, that we're, we're producing is, is inexpensive. It's, it's not. But, you know, it's, I, I think it's tasteful consumption. Right. So, so tell us about I mean? these beads that you're wearing, man, because that shit looks fresh, man. I don't, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a mandala um, 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 style. Uh, where it actually looks like prayer beads, and 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 it's in that vein, you know, with an actual uh, uh, end knot, and it has a moonstone labradorite and um, and some diamonds. So the, the piece around your neck, man, how much does that retail for? About um, thirteen thousand. God damn! Get the fuck out of here! Mm-hmm. Now about the bracelets, the bracelets mm-hmm. that you're wearing. Tell mm-hmm. us about some of the bracelets you're wearing. The, the bracelets again, it's it's like mixed media, you know. So we'll take you know lava stones or, or, or rosewood and and we'll 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 mix them with uh, with other precious uh, stones. Um, you know, and it could be any variety, but but mostly diamonds. So this new transition that you're in right now, man. Mm-hmm. This 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 life that you're in, man. You really don't miss. Sweating up, sweating up in the studio late at night with a bunch of niggas <laughs> trying to get your lyrics out right now. You don't miss that lifestyle, do you, my man? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because it's like my creative process right now is, you know, some might even say it's it's it's, it's kind of insular, right? You know, not 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 to not because I'm I'm I, I can't be around people, but I'm very very comfortable with myself and I'm comfortable with the creative process of how I like to create music. It's not to say that I don't collaborate. Right. You know, since I've been home, I've collaborated with great people and and and, and prior to, prior to going away, you know, I collaborated with great people, but you know, I have a certain workflow right now that is really really good for my like I'm 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 in my jet stream right now. Like, you know, there are a lot of people there in their lanes. I am in my jet stream right now comfortably. Um, to the point where I know that it requires friction and, and, and it's not going to be easy and, and, and there's going to be a lot of elbow grease, but I'm good where I am. Like, I don't need to compete with anybody. Right. And that sort of liberation is, is something that I'm, I'm, I feel blessed for daily. What's the what's the jewelry industry like in terms of like the community, man, and, and how you're welcomed into this industry, man? I'm, I, you know what? I don't play the, the 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 gemstone conventions or anything like that, so I can't say that I'm 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 as entrenched as as, as some might like to think. You know, yes, I'm 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 not. Uh, <laughs> I've, 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 I can look at, at at stones through loops and things like that, but to be honest with you, I think the secret of of, of the success of this collaboration is that I've surrounded myself with people who are a lot smarter than I am. And uh, and it's not about you know my expertise or or uh, um, you know what 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 I envision about revolutionizing the industry. It's just like wait a minute, I'm I'm actually affiliated with great people who believe in the ethos that is me, and and they're like hey let's you know let's break bread, and I'm I'm saying okay I I really really like what you guys do, and then, and, and in fact actually I, I think it's worth saying. That Sydney Garber itself, 
um, at the helm of it is is my dear friend Brooke Garber Nidick, and all of the profits from Sydney Garber's uh, sales go to children's mental health initiatives. Wow. They've donated tens of millions of dollars to children's mental health initiatives. So yes, while you know, th- you know, I mean, she's got she's got jewelry, you know, earrings that are worth a half a million dollars. But you actually feel great about that purchase because you know that kids who need who, who need the, the attention that they need are, are being well served. So when 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 they you know when she asked me in particular, can we do something? It was it was really a no brainer after finding out you know what what, what she contributed. But all this money going to these kids, and I think that's amazing that this is a charitable, charitable mm-hmm. endeavor. But you get yourself a salary, right? Oh, I mean, well, no. What I was, what I was actually talking about was Sydney Garber. I wasn't okay. talking about. The, oh, yeah, but, I wasn't talking about <laughs> no forte, uh, right? No, no. See, <laughs> you see, I actually had this conversation with, with with Brooke, and I said, I said, I said, Brooke, you know, you are doing an amazing thing. I said, but I have to actually donate, you know, my charity in a very different way right now. You know, <laughs> to the John Forte charity. Well, well, no, 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 no. That's not it. Okay. No, that's not it. I, I, I do not have a, a, a 501c3. I do right. not, I'm not no, on I'm talking here. about you. No. Be that as a bit. Right. But what I am saying is like, <laughs> I give by showing up. You know what I mean? Okay. And, and not, not, not to say that, 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 that she or other people who, who can afford to give and, and, and you know, the, these great, you know, packaged ways like with with lots of financial assistance that's amazing you know for me in lieu of being able to say you know i'm going to donate a million dollars a year to you know a a charity of my choice you know if i get an invitation to come to a school i'm showing up right and that school may come to me and say you know uh we can offer you an honorarium of whatever but like if there is a need for me to be in front of young people and and, and it's it's proven to 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 have been the case over the past say you know six years. That's that's my way of showing up. So you know I don't I, I don't actually want to I don't want to I don't want to make light of 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 you know your presence is charity. I mean I I, I think so I, I think that there there are different ways of giving and a lot of people actually get caught up in in, in that in that in that mindset of feeling like. I'm somehow not worthy to the discussion or to, the, to, to to progressiveness because I can't go into my pocket and, you know, donate, you know, to ALS, you know, the, the click $100. I don't have $100 to give. And people should not feel somehow, you know, less than because they don't have that $100. You know what? Show up, you know, tutor for, for, for three hours. If you can give that, you know, that's that's love. Presence over presence. Yeah, that's, that, that's something that I started uh it's funny, even go. I feel like we go back to prison all the time. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't, I can't sit here no more without asking you. You know, I've been away, mm-hmm. and you were away for a long time, and uh, I did three. But I was lost when I was inside, and I listened to some of your interviews and stuff you did, man. And it was so inspirational to hear you speak about how it's more inspiring that he's got a that, jewelry line. Well, well, yeah. So, I, what I, my question right now is. Like, how does it feel when you you're home now, and now things are starting to percolate? And you know, can you think back to the, those days when you were away, man? It just seemed lost. You know, I don't know if I ever felt lost while I was away, but so the the most anxiety that I actually felt from from, from that time away uh, was not knowing if I'd actually if I'd actually ever make it home. Um, because there, there were guys, uh, who, who went away and they'd have three years and they'd 
be on the basketball court and the next thing you know, you know, something might happen and, you know, either natural causes or, or something might jump off and, you know, this dude was, you know, eight months away from the door. So there was never any guarantee that you would ever get back to home. Right irrespective of what your sentence was. And that, to me, I think was, you know, like having that that, that sort of unsure footing, it, 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 it just kind of stamped something in, in, in my brain, in my spirit, my psyche. And I said, I have to make every single day count for something because anything could happen tomorrow. Now, let, let's go back, man. You grew up in Brownsville. I did. You grew up in Brownsville in, in, in the 70s and the 80s, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Crazy time. I mean, you know, it's interesting because when I tell the story about growing up in Brownsville, um, particularly when I speak to universities, I think they tend to be the most responsive to, to this message. War was happening in Brownsville, Brooklyn, uh, in, in the 70s and in the 80s and up until today. Like war is continuing to happen. Right. But when you're living in that war, you don't actually... You, you don't actually see the the the, the, the depths of, of 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 the suffering of the, of, 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 of the uncertainty right. um, of the trauma, you know. And then it takes people who you know, because I think about it, and I say like, remember Beirut in the eighties? You couldn't watch the news in the eighties without seeing like what was happening in Beirut and apartments right. blowing up and people dying. So, you know, I'm from Brownsville, but I went away to boarding school. So when I told people about Brownsville and they would actually tell me stories that they read in the New York Times about you live in that neighborhood where, you know, there was this crack mother who like, like yeah, that's, who, that's, that's who, in my neighborhood. Yeah, I was like, yeah, she was actually like two blocks away. from. But I didn't realize how crazy how, it was, how, 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 how crazy it, it was. Right. That's not to say that it was a place that was all that. Like it was never it's not, all that. It's not all, no. yeah. Because there's, there, I mean, I remember Brownsville as as the most loving, the most supportive, the most, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child community. What'd your parents do, man? My 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 mother worked at the phone company for thirty eight years, and it's because of her that um, that I, I I was able to basically pursue you know my dream and and, and pursue my creative pursuits. Um, my dad I, I did not know okay. at all, so I didn't have a relationship with him. Um, and uh, just found out you know a few years ago that he actually passed away when when he was really young. Uh, he was like forty one years old when he passed away. But so, I, I didn't have. Damn, he's young. Yeah, he was super young. So your mom introduced you to music mm-hmm. in a sense. She, in so far as. You know what? I had a, had a contract in my house, right? If I did what I was supposed to do academically, um, then I could pursue my other, you know, uh, creative creative pursuits. Um, so, you know, one day I came home and I was like, "Mom, I'd really love to paint," and she wouldn't say anything. And this was like the dead of winter, and four months would elapse, whatever, and someone would come around, and you know, she'd hand me this 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 brochure because she signed me up for oil painting classes at the Brooklyn Museum. It wasn't that she wanted to just suspend the surprise. She never knew if she could actually afford to pay for these mm. the, the, these extracurricular pursuits. So right. she never wanted to promise me something and not be able to deliver on it. And um, And it was through that that, you know what, as long as I came home and I had you know, I was in the top percentile of my class. You know, I, I did find school very, very easy at a young age. So that was n- nothing for me. My mother wanted to make sure that, all right, if, if he has all this extra time in his hands because homework is easy, 
let's make sure that it's it's the right time uh, or it, it, it's the right type of time. So, you know, when I came home one day and I was eight years old and I said, I want to play the violin. She's like, OK, I'll I'll put up with the squeaking noises in the background. And that's what introduced me to music, playing the violin. What made you want to play violin, man? <laughs> Availability. You know, I remember the day that we were all signing up for extracurricular uh, 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 activities. And there was this long line for the band room. Everybody wanted to be in band. You know, dudes were like, yeah, I want to play sax. I want to play trumpet. I'm going to play drums. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is just a funny story. <laughs> and, then, and then there's this empty room across the hallway. So I'm sitting there as a kid, right? I'm like the blue ocean, the blue ocean strategy kid, right? So when I see a bunch of like, 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 like sharks in the water and it's all bloody, man, everybody's there. I want to go to the blue ocean. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, over yeah, there. So yeah. I'm, so I'm like, what room is that? And he said, well, that's the orchestra. You know, nobody wants. That's not cool. Nobody wants to play violin. I'm like, really? Boom, walk right in. Suited me up with a violin, and you know, next week by, by the next week, I was playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Right. You know, now, how old were you at this point? I man? was eight. Eight years old. Yeah. So you start learning the violin. Mm. Were, were you the only kid, man? No, no, I have an older sister. Okay. Mm. But you got a lot of attention. I did um, receive my, my fair share of, of attention, but also, I also want to give give my mom credit. She was a great delegator of attention like if we as 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 you know her kids did what we were supposed to do she was going to make sure that um that that we knew uh she celebrated those efforts so you know i, I love her she's a she's a rock star you know it's amazing man like i, I grew up as a, as an only child single parent household mm -hmm. as well man and, and people tend to, to to look at that as that like that's a horrible thing and i'm sure it's not something that a lot of people want in their lives man but Growing up, man, it, it was kind of the best shit ever, man, because I got all the attention. I, like, my mom, as long as I did all the shit I was supposed to do. Exactly. And she was really strong about education. You, you know, you, you talk about this, this music experience and, you know, you, you, the, the environment that you grew up in in, in, in Brownsville. Mm -hmm. um, but tell us about the, the change in environment and what that did to you when you got accepted to Exeter, this, you know, this private school, man. Did you know what you were getting into? I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, to be, to be honest with you. I mean, one day what happened was I had a guidance counselor who, came, who basically pulled me into her office and, uh, and said, uh, you should consider boarding school. And I went on this rampage and I'm, I'm, I'm livid. And I'm a good kid. I never did anything. <laughs> what are you talking about? And again, much like, much like the, 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 the raucous rampage I, I, I alluded to earlier, um, you know, when I was done, she was like, you, you, you finished? Yes. I'm not talking about reform school. I'm talking about boarding school. And at the, same, at, at the time, I didn't really know the difference until she pulled out these brochures with, you know, these, these amazing campuses that looked like, looked like the best college campuses that, that I'd ever seen, uh, much less the fact that, oh, this is actually a high school and you go and you live away at high school, that was mind blowing to me, and this was at a time in in the eighties in, in in Brooklyn and Brownsville in particular, where my zone school was Thomas Jefferson. Mm. Like if I didn't get into Bronx Science, Brooklyn Tech, or Stuyvesant, you were going to Jefferson. I, I, I was going to Jefferson, and metal detectors were coming in at, at at the time. So for me, it was like, okay, let me let me let me weigh the options yeah. here. Um, deal with metal detectors, you know, in the morning and in the afternoons, or you know, Deal move five hours away right. to, 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 to the, this beautiful countryside where, you know, whole languages have buildings dedicated to themselves. There is a Spanish building. There is an English <laughs> building. You know, it's, it's um, yeah, it was, it, it was, 
it was it was great. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, your, your mom, she she must have uh, felt proud about sending you off. You know, my mother actually didn't want me to go. Like, really? she didn't get it. I was the baby. And and, uh, and she was just like, you know, I got to send my, 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 my baby, my, my, my only son away, you know. But then when she actually took a visit and, and we saw the campuses and, and she saw the opportunities that that, that were possible, um, I, 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 you know, she she ultimately uh, uh, acquiesced to the notion of, of, of sending a baby off. Yeah. So you get to campus mm-hmm. and what are the slight differences you start <laughs> noticing other than the white kids, of course, what are the slight differences you start, the stark differences you start noticing between, you know, uh, Brownsville and, 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 and Phillips Academy, man. Uh, that, that, that's such a, that's such a great question. So, I'm on campus. It's orientation. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm walking by. I'm looking at a map, and I'm trying to just trying to get myself get myself situated. And there's this little white girl who walks by me. She's like, "Hello," and I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh man, this must be a case of mistaken identity. It must be a dude. She doesn't know me, right?" right? And then I walk a few more feet. There's this little white boy who walks by. He's like, "Hello," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, there's really somebody on this campus who looks like me right now. And I have to find this dude because I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that it was okay to say hello to a stranger, right? Because where I was from, you didn't you didn't look at much less talk to somebody that you didn't know, right? And 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 that was. You know, that was my f- that within five minutes. That was my my first sort of real uh, shift. Uh, it, you know, there was a seismic shift in 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 in, in, in cultural perceptions, uh, acceptances, uh, and and it, it 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 shook me. But you know, I don't know. It was it was the beginning of of, of that sort of transformative. Hey, there's more than my immediate six square blocks right, which right. is which is the sort of mentality that we invest in you know i mean jay said it so succinctly and can i live he's like this you know the street schoolers to spend our money foolish bond with jewelers and watch for intruders right so we have this this sort of real you know sort of paranoid uh closed in Traps like right mentality. yeah but this is my my area right. my turf I, I you know never ran never will right do or die like right. like this is this this was ours and so then at, at the age of 13 you know i'd never been on a plane before uh i never you know ridden a horse or or, or like there were just so many you know People Maybe. ride horses, like you know what I mean. You know what, and, and it's crazy, right? Because I actually just got back from a trip where I actually, for, for the first time in my life, I took horses swimming. Like that was crazy. Like, I got posted that on my Instagram because I, I love riding horses. I'm on a now. horse in the water, right? <laughs> and it's it's crazy. I felt like a tray you from like the never ending story, right, you know, right. like, like the little kid who's riding with the big thing. I don't, I don't know, but um, no, it, it, it was it was it was the wildest sensation. Um, but again. You know, you don't necessarily get exposed to things like not just horseback riding, but horseback riding in the ocean. Yes. Um, those aren't those aren't sort of regular uh, activities um, that are offered. To, they should be. They, right. sh- they should be offered to, to any and every kid who wants who wants to be exposed to that. But, you know, unfortunately, they're not. Um so you know, it's 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 definitely one of those things where I've gone through it and I've I've, I've recognized the blessing in these opportunities, but I've also tried to do what I can to open the open that door right. so that other kids who 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 are just like me can get some of those opportunities, if not more. How do you take in the differences between wealth? You know, because I, I'll give you my example. Mm-hmm. You know, when I grew up in, in Crown Heights, mm-hmm. I went to school locally. 
And then when I got to Cornell, I was like, it wasn't until I got to Cornell mm. and saw, you know, white freshman kids and Porsches and, you know, spring breaks in Paris. I was like, wait a minute. It really hit me that white people run the world. Like, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, this, you, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. totally foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because going, <laughs> I was going away, which is my euphemism for <laughs> yeah. prison. But but also, I went away to boarding school, right? right. So I kind of went away a, a, a few times in, in 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 my life thus far. But when I went away to to to, to boarding school, it was the it was the first real time in my life that I felt like a minority, mm. right? Because. That's crazy because right? because being in Browns and Brooklyn, you're not I mean, a minority. You know, no, I, my, we we are the majority. In it's fact, your language, it's your culture, it's your way of dress. I, I'm, I'm I'm surrounded by, by 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 that which looks and sounds familiar, right? right? Um, and 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 yes, there there were white faces when I was a little kid growing up, but they happened to be you know teachers or law enforcement, um, both who assumed position you know a, a, positions, a, a, of authority. positions of authority, um, and and and. and Again, equally, both of those positions can be abused, and and they can also be be, be the op- the exact opposite of it. I mean, they can they can be you know user friendly, and, right. and people can use their powers for good, um, protective and, and helpful. And sure, all. sure. So I, I I was never one to, to 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 ever sort of engage in 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 blanket generalizations and or criticism, but it was very very um, eye opening to you know be one of, of 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 sixty you know brown kids out of say. A, a thousand, um, where that where, where, where the percentage of 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 of, of brown uh, is is so small, and you know you have to be careful about that because if if I'm in a classroom with 13 kids and I happen to be the only brown face, chances are whenever I open my mouth and express an opinion, uh, there's a good chance that the other kids sitting around that that table are going to think, oh, this is how all black people think. Of course. Right, because then all of a sudden I become the voice of, 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 of black America or... No, or, but that by the or, fact that you already... You already... Right. Like, I remember in law school, like, mm-hmm. the thing that used to... Like, people don't understand. Right. Like, I, I've always been a confident person, but when I was at Georgetown and I would have to get up and debate mm. in front of 250 students mm-hmm. with my law professor... Mm-hmm. Like the pressure on you, it's not just the pressure of being right or wrong. Right. It's the pressure of being right or wrong and being judged as a as as a spokesperson for your race. Right. That shit is crazy, dude. And, it's, and and again, I think it was it was a helpful skill that right. I had to grow up in a quiet. And when I when I got into um, debates or, or, or philosophical differences with with people, I'd state from 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 the door. Listen, this is my opinion, which is redundant because I'm about to offer it. But it's worth saying so that there is no confusion. What I'm expressing is solely the, the, the position and the opinion of the one man standing before you. I'm not speaking for my family. Don't, don't indict speaking. my entire. Right. No, no, not at all. You know, and, and that's for better or worse. Like, d- don't look at me as, you know, again, like this, uh, this sort of safe modeled example right. without consequence. You know, I'm a I'm a living, living, breathing human being who who has a, a lot of good in him, but also has a lot of bad in him. And, and we also you know, it, it's about just that that balance. Right. And, 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 and the correction, as it were, the self-correction uh, of, of just trying to walk better and trying to do better, trying to be better. So how easy was it to acclimate in that environment? Man, you know, I I think our our um, uh, our ability as 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 human beings to to acclimate or to reacclimate to adjust to adapt is tremendous. Um, you know what you think is it's just foreign, and 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 you know how can I get used to this? Uh, 
all of a sudden becomes like second nature once you go through the routine a few times. And I can think of examples of going away to boarding school and 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 having to engage in say you know a dress code or or having you know such a a, a tight schedule where. What I used to get away with in terms of my time management is no longer even 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 fathomable um, because the, the the schedule is just so so constricting. Um, or you can think about you know a situation like going to prison, where when you go to the bathroom for the first time and you see that there are no stalls on the door, and you learn immediately like there is no privacy in prison. Right. You think, oh my God, like this is less than this is this is this is savage. These, this is not these, me. These, these are deplorable conditions. Right. And you know what they are. You're correct, but you get used to you those used to conditions kind of in order to in order to get beyond them. And um, you know, I say that to, to talk about the strength of transcending that condition, rather than what a lot of us and, and me included can get caught up in, which is that vicious cycle of nihilism, where we just go through the motions with no end in sight. We just accept this as the condition. And instead of trying to, you know, triumph over the condition, we kind of fall back and say, you know what? This is what, I, it, is. This is what it is. And I'm yeah. going and, and to go through that, um, which, is, uh, which, is, which is difficult to watch and, and difficult to endure, obviously. But, you know, you, you never want to see you never want to see good people stuck. Right. You know, you know, it's it's also a tightrope, man, and it's, it's I, you know, we do it very ca- uh, 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 carefree. We do it; mm-hmm. it's, it's almost uh, effortless right. in terms of how we make that shift back and forth. But going to Exeter and coming back to Brownsville, like, what was that like when you came back home? <laughs> like, you know, one of the things that I recently confessed to because I really realized it um, was I would come back home arrogant. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I had this this recent uh, debate with Charlemagne about white privilege and this and that and you know i don't want to get into it but i I just remember like coming back home and being like i i made it Mm. you know i have a sense of accomplishment why can't these other cats get their shit together what was your transformation coming back and forth like i I saw i saw that you know i I saw two mentalities taking 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 up overwhelming space i think and 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 how we as kids of color reacted to to that environment, and I think on the one side you had, um, and again, this is this is this is just you know my kind of summation of it. This is not whatever one hundred percent totally for whatever. everybody, right? Um, but you know, on the one side you had you had kids who uh, came from similar conditions, you know, socioeconomically like 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 mine, um, you know, lower middle class, whatever, single parented, um, white kids, black kids, black kids, black kids yeah. who who became so ashamed of, of, of their past mm. where it was almost as if, um, as, as if they, 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 they conformed, they, they, they conformed so much that, 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 that the shame of not having, um, what, what they see as, as the prevalent examples, um, would actually have them, uh, shun their, 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 their roots. Right. Right. And, and, and that's when you get into this whole thing. I, I think you know Steve Stout was referring to the sort of tanning of America, and 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 well, let's not be as race conscious. Let's do the whole you know thing, um, but you end up sacrificing. Well, you become soulless because you cut off what made you, you. Right, right. Or on the other hand, you get you get um, you know kids of color who become so radical, I mean hyper radicalized, where. You know, yes, they're 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 you know getting the education, but it's really with 
a great deal of of anger, anger, of of, of bitterness. Of you know what I'm going to learn everything that I can that you have to offer me, and then I'm going. I'm going to Malcolm X this shit. Right, I'm, I'm going to Black right, Panther exactly, this shit, right? and I'm, I'm 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 taking it over. Right. So me, <laughs> never 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 being being one who had a, a, a sort of inclination to uh, one or the other. I, I, I figured you needed to compromise. Like I needed to be radical in right. my thinking because that that, that, that radical was 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 the necessary friction that would lead to my personal progress but at the same time i needed to know that you know if 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 i want to do this well i'm going to have to coexist and i'm going to have to find th- what makes us more similar than dissimilar right. um and that's not to say that that that, that i can't get into the heated arguments that about you know gender or race or class I'm, I'm, or isms I'm, whatever isms i spar right. like I, I i get down with the best of them but i i realize that there is we cannot we cannot exist in absolutism that is that, that's just a myth it is never going to be all good. It is never going to be all bad. But if we can find a way to hedge our bets so that we have more better days than worse days, I don't. I don't see a problem with that. So, you, and socially now, man, you know, you, you start expanding your social circle. Yep. You start meeting people that, unbeknownst to you, are really going to change your life, mm-hmm. like for the for the, you know dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And, and one of the cats yeah. that you meet is this cat named Ben Taylor. Uh-huh. Like, how do you meet Ben Taylor? I actually did not meet Ben Taylor okay. while I was at Exeter. I, I, I was, a, I was a freshman. I was, you know, thirteen, fourteen years old, and I um, came in with his cousin. Okay, his cousin Liz. Uh, we were literally all just together last week. So Liz and I um, came in and graduated the same year, and I knew that Liz had. Uh, a famous uncle this this guy James Taylor but I didn't really realize James Taylor's significance and then you know it'd be like two uh, two years after I got out of uh, out of uh, Exeter I ended up meeting Ben because I was working on on my music and we had a mutual friend our friend Karen Rackman who actually was the music supervisor for Tarantino's Pulp Fiction mm. and I mean and I, if you know that soundtrack like she killed it so killed it. so so Karen you know held this great amount of respect you know from me and was just like you need to listen to this cassette tape and she handed me a cassette and the respect is coming from your appreciation of music oh, my appreciation and culture. My, but but my appreciation for particularly what she did in film right. which is which is you know I mean I, I think that Tarantino revolutionized picture to the music of course, you know, of course. with really really popular music that a lot of us have forgotten about right. but he you know Tarantino has a real gift of reminding us what what, what, what it smelled like right what right, it smelled know. how the shit looked and, 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 how the shit and, felt and, and, and how and, it tasted and, and watching Pulp Fiction like it's it's one, it's one long format video yeah. so when Karen was like hey here's a heads up here's somebody you need to pay attention to I paid attention and um and then you know Ben and I linked up and I remember the day that I met him I was I was in my suburban and I was coming from Brooklyn driving to the Upper West Side I think I was listening to Sarah McLaughlin mm-hmm. and he was listening to Jay's Reasonable Doubt <laughs> so it was like it was like the hip hop kid who was listening like, like he's like you should be listening writer. to this and right. you're like no you should be listening <laughs> right. to this right right so it, like the irony was definitely not lost but you know i mean we, we we hit it off immediately you know um and and he's he's the little brother you know from, from another mother yeah. and and so how did you get embraced into his whole family and then like just this like the connections that you made that, that once again mm-hmm. would alter the course of your life like leading to like carly simon right you know um I, I, what I did not realize um, when I was hanging out with Ben in the early days was that you know we would hang out and he would he would basically call home 
and 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 tell these reports about you know our adventures and what we did and like what kind of adventures like you took me to Brownsville. <sighs> Nah, Ben, Ben has Ben, ben, ben has never been to Brownsville. Okay, now, although I have had some, I've had, I've had some friends from actually come to Brownsville. Definitely on some safari shit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. It's funny, right? Um, now, oh man, I, I'm, I'm going to go off on a little bit of tangent, but but That's my right. dude, but my dude, Alex, he was like 15. We were sophomores, and he came home. He came home for, for for summer, and he stayed with me in Brownsville. Get the fuck out of and here! Here's this wiry, this wiry white kid, right, who wore like Egyptian musk, had his hair to his shoulders, baggy clothes. But <laughs> you know, yeah, how was his? Ex- how was that experience? <laughs> oh, Alex is gonna kill me for this because I'm about to air him out. But Alex, I love you, brother, and I'm I'm telling this story in, in, in the best in the best possible sense. So one day I'm at home, the phone peace rings. Love, peace and love, peace and love, peace and love, brother. The phone rings. Oh, you know what? Maybe I can't even tell the story because now nah, I, I can't. I can't okay, tell the okay. story because you know he's. he's but no, but, 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 but what, what was right. that, what was? Tell us without telling the story because the New York Post is listening. Oh, right, right, right. Actually, you know what? That, that's a, that's a very fine point. Suffice it to say that, 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 that there were actions and activities that took place in Brownsville that we. You know, don't, no, we didn't. We didn't think much of, right? Um, because it was just a part of our, our, our daily life. And 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 my dude um, definitely came home and, and 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 to my home and was susceptible to um, to, to to some of those hijinks, right? And and and, and susceptible to the jokes and the, and the ways of life. Well, you know what? I mean, I I have to I have to pat Brownsville on the back because the Brownsville that I I I, I knew and, and loved. It was it was almost I mean it was like if they had love for me then anybody that I brought around right. was going to get the benefit of the doubt. So you, you might not you might not be 100 there, but you know what? You have 51% and 51% goes a long way right. when you're a stranger in a strange of course, land. Of course. So you know and, and I think that that goes to speak to maybe perhaps the the, the, the larger question that, that that you were asking about earlier. Um and it's it's, it's really just kind of paying attention to the rules and, and, and respecting where you are. And, and more often than not, you know, you keep your mouth shut, you keep your eyes, uh, you know, focused, you'll be okay. So needless to say, and the moral of the story is Alex is a better person. Oh, he's not only a better person, I mean, he's a G, you know, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a G who has range, right. right? And when you have range, when you feel as, as, as comfortable on the three train as you do In a flying room. private. Yes, yes, yes. You know that's 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 that, that that's a, that's a special quality, right? Because you know it's not about feeling ashamed when you don't have, or feeling you know big chested and glorified when you do have. It's about knowing that life is all about a balance. Right. We will have, and we will have not, and and it's being comfortable know, in any of those situations. That's it. H- have that range, and, and 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 keep your perspective, and keep keep your focus. Trust me, I'm no I'm no guru. I'm no like wise yogi. I don't sit around and and meditate. I would like to. But I don't want to give the false impression out there that I'm, you know, all of a sudden, like, I, I went away, read two books on Tibetan meditation. Right. And, and now I'm, t- I'm now now I'm, I'm trying to find my way just like everybody who's listening to this program. right? Of course. Now. Of course. Yeah. So you graduate, man. Mm. You, 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 you move it forward. You're, you're in NYU. Mm. You're rooming with, 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 with Talib, Kweli. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is that like, man? Because now you're out of school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're in college. Yeah. You're, you're in the middle of New York City when New York City is hot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of culture going mm-hmm. on. There's a lot of music. There's mm-hmm. a lot of art. There's a lot of women. There's a lot of life in New York, man. Yeah. How is it, man, with you and Talib? Are y'all sitting up all night talking about, yo, man, when I get that deal, I'm a blah, 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 blah? No, or- no. I think, I think you know, the, the first week, 
of college, we took that so seriously, like really seriously. Like went, got our books and stood on lines and registered for our classes. But then it was like the eighth day. I don't know what happened, but I, I I felt a little jaded having, you know, come from New York. Right. And now I'm surrounded by like a lot of kids with all due respect to them. Like they came to New York and they were all, you know, green and, and big eyed. And I was like, yo, like I just lived away from home for four years. Like this is like being on my own. This isn't new to me. This doesn't excite me. I need to I need to live. Um and again, you know, the universe has a funny way of, of giving you what you want when you think you, you want it. I had an issue with the financial aid office, the bursar's office, uh, th- that second week. And they said, oh, you know, we know that you're a scholarship student. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah, we need $8,000 by Wednesday or you what? can't um, you can't go to class. And I was like, well, wait, no, I thought what I had part of, a- What part of the scholarship game is that? Right. I thought I had a full scholarship. So me, <laughs> instead of, of, of fighting and bucking the system, I, I took that as divine intervention that, well, uh, the universe is telling me it's time for me not to go to school right uh-huh. now, so I need to take some time off. So I proceeded. This is your freshman year. Yeah, it's my freshman first year. semester. First semester. So I proceeded to basically stay in the dorm for I think two semesters, like sneaking in and out. Um, uh, and 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 Qua was going to classes, and I was kind of hanging out in Washington Square Park and 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 and, and writing, you know, music, um, trying to. Trying to trying to find a situation, and, and what was your goal at this point? I don't know if I had a goal to be honest with you. I, I know that, um, I, I I I knew that it was important to connect. Right, this was when we had the new music seminar mm-hmm. in, in in New York, and we had uh, you know CMJs. And remember mm-hmm. when those conferences came yes. to town? That was a special time. Oh my god! Like you know, they were like four parties a night, and you were running around because you. As, as as a young kid who definitely aspired to have some sort of connection to music, that was that was the the the, the lifeblood. You know, you never knew who was going to come to town. I remember, you, you know, never like, knew what event was going to happen. Right, you know, like Tommy Boy and their parties and going there, and you're like, oh man, it's Everlast or, or it's Be Real, and and even the sightings, you know. Being being that close to 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 to, 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 to your oh, heroes, shit, that's stretch right there, right. And 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 then slowly but surely, actually, you know, meeting them one right. by one. In fact, another tangent. I learned how to make beats as a fifteen-year-old, being in the studio with Premier and Guru. Okay, how did so that happen, man? My man Vic Black put me under his wing, and Black was from you know East New York or whatever, and he'd come over to Brownsville, and you know Black was just you know this this, this big dude, but but we were you know. He was like a big brother to me, great friends, and he had a, a, a connection with, uh, with Guru and Preem, and he was just always around. So we would just hang out in the studio, and uh, uh, I would I would look over the shoulders, and 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 it wasn't it wasn't even like what era like, of like, Gangstar was this? Was it Step in the Arena? That was the first video I was ever in, and I'm actually in that video, Step in the Arena. And I remember when I got the cassette tape, I was actually on campus at Exeter, and I opened up the, the album. It came out. And there were like 200 names that that, 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 uh, that, that that Keith shouted out. And I was one of them. And that was the first time anybody ever shouted me out on a line of notes. Yeah, but, but it, was, it was whatever album that was right. on. Um, and I, you know what it, what, it, what it made me think? I was just like, that's the type of person that I want to be. When there's somebody who's around me and might not realize that, man, I actually hear you. Like, I actually value right. you being here. 
and hey, here's a little shout out right, just right, to right. say that. Like that's all it that is. That meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? It meant that the meant a world lot. to me. Like I didn't go, I didn't go to him asking him for anything. Right. And the fact that he just remembered this kid who had these tiny little dreadlocks, uh, you know, who, who spoke funny from 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 Brownsville. Right. And was just hanging out in the studio. And I would go home and I'd see how Preem chopped up beats. And then I'd get access to a sampler and I'd have to make my own application. But that was my apprenticeship. Right. So now your life is really gravitating. Yeah. Towards you being an artist. Even though you... I said, thought it was. Right. I thought it was. And then what happened? Um, and, 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 and then I got an opportunity to enter into the music business and... And but it wasn't as an artist. With Rockus, right, you discussed right, earlier. With, with Rockus and 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 becoming the director of A and R and flying around and trying to and and, and trying to, uh, to to produce and find talent. Um, and I remember uh, one day I was actually at uh, I was at I was at Jessica's office and um, just hanging out over there. I was at Ro- and uh, her friend Jeff Burrows. Jeff Burrows ran in and he had a he had a VHS cassette tape. Um, VHS videotape and, and said I got the future of music in my hands and he popped it in and uh, it was black and white video two guys and a girl and they were saying boof bath another sound I'm gonna die boof bath I don't know the second part and um, the Fugees and I was like I was like that's interesting what, what are these guys names and he said oh the name is the Fugees I'm like what does that mean he's like it's short for refugees I'm like I, I'm like wow man I'm like it's really interesting there's nothing that's out there like that right now but I, I, I no no I wasn't even a but I was, I was like I'd like to see him right. and he said well you're in luck because they're performing at the supper club tonight and I got okay. a ticket for you Okay. so I grabbed my little briefcase you know my little tie and I walk into the supper club, um, and I see these instruments on stage, and I I get ready to turn out. Security's like, is there problems? Like, yeah, I was here for a hip hop concert. I don't know what this is. They said, nah, this is, this is a hip hop concert. I'm like, nah, my my dude, there are instruments on that this stage. Was a turntable. There's, there are no instruments, right? In hip hop, <laughs> that's <laughs> so, crazy. So, so I stayed. I saw the show, and you know, of course, but I, I, it was mind blowing. It was great. I, I waited online afterwards. There was just like cavalcade of, 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 of people wanting to meet uh meet meet the, the artists and you know I among them and and uh, I ended up connecting with, with Elle and, and, and saying what's up to her and she was in Columbia at the time and I told her I'd just gotten out of NYU. But were you surprised that Lauren was was that was at Columbia? No, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I, I think that I think, you know, I would say something, she'd be like, Yeah exactly and then she'd say something and I'd say, Yeah exactly. Oh. Um we just had so much in common that, that that us becoming great friends was was a no brainer, and um, and I you know I give I give L you know all the credit for for the 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 next evolution of of, of my career right. because were it not for her insisting that that I share my secret with with, with her bandmates. It, it might not have ever happened, and the fact is, the secret being that you're the, creative, the, the, right? The secret being that you know, in the daytime, I'm wearing this tie, and I've accepted my role as as a business person within the industry. But as soon as the artist would leave the studio, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I'm staying on and I'm working with the machines, and I'm still writing rhymes and I'm still making beats. And um, and L was like one of maybe two or three people at that time that in my life felt comfortable who, sharing right, that. you know she'd be in hawaii and i'm, I'm like playing her stuff over the, hey what do you think about this new rob and and um yeah so so she became like my sounding board and, and and my dear friend and literally was just like you know what we just got um our contract extended you know we're going to do the second album you need to play you get the fuck w- out w- of what you've been doing for, right, for right. clef and Praz right. and jerry and and I was like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm, you know, man, I'm good. And, you know, you know I, I don't want to interrupt mm. you, but talk about mm. 
being so close to the thing that makes you happy, which is the music, but at the same time, having to fulfill this role as an executive, mm. did you did did it fit? Did you feel that it wasn't right? Were I, you forcing yourself? Because sometimes you you know, I got to go back to my my, my situation my, my, as an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, I had a comfortable life, but something told me this is not who you are. Mm. I I think that I knew that aspect of of the business wasn't for me because I would always um, I'd be privy to the contract negotiation for the artists that we would sign. But for me, I I got into constant arguments like with the label and and with the label's attorneys because I needed the only way that I could sleep at night was was knowing that that our artists got a really really fair shake right, right. yeah you know, no we weren't a major label but you know what we were going to do everything that we could to make sure that that, they, that you could eat while, right. while while we expected you to create something right. as opposed to you know just trying to skim and and getting and, there and, work and, boy you know, there, there was Get no need, rap. There, there was no need for us to be parasitic right. and 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 that's what i i, I really really uh, applaud you know that that company. You know Brian and Jarrett and, and James for what they what they did and set out to do during the years that I was there that right. I, I witnessed. I don't know what happened after after I left. I mean, I, not to say that, that anything bad happened, but I can only be responsible for what I saw. And um, and I think that their business acumen uh, uh, and 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 commitment to to, to fairness to to the artists um, made me feel like all right, if I have to do this, I'm going to do this this my way, and that's going to be we're going to be as artist friendly as we possibly can. Right. Um, who, who did you want to sign, but didn't sign and blew up, or who didn't you want to sign? And blew up, and you're like, "Damn, I should have signed him." Um, I mean, I wanted to sign. I wanted to sign Qua from from the from the jump. Like, Wasn't I, that weird though, man? But I didn't. I didn't sign Qua. Like right. Qua got signed after I was already touring with 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 the Fugees. But like he needed an incubation period. And I, I've actually heard him speak about this. Um, you know, me having that that lane where I could actually come in and say, "All right, now, now I can I can put some of my dudes on," um, and. You know, he was tapped, but it, but it wasn't like he was tapped for the big game. Right. He had to he had to go in and 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 revisit his craft, and he got his songs together. And that's why you know when you hear a song like "Get By," you know that didn't happen you know overnight. Okay. That happened with years of. And I remember quite speaking about you know Baldwin and speaking about Nina Simone and how much these these authors and, and, and creatives meant to him, and and that's what he was doing. He he was honing his craft. So I mean, he, to me, he's just the lesson in. And, and, and slow and steady wins the right, race. Right, right, right. You know, when I think about w- what he does uh, pr- proactively with his activism, with his music, and his commitment to to just evolve his personal craft, to to play in the game of 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 of, of doing what an artist is supposed to do, and that's having the, the the important discussions. But at the same time, you know, he's not like he's not like a, a, a tight up kind of dude. Like right. you can you can hang out and, and, and have a beer with Kwa and right. laugh and giggle, but He's also on point. You know, he's he's just a great example of, of 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 somebody that I'm really really proud to call a friend. Right. Who else, man? Who else were you trying to sign? Oh, um, do you know something I don't know? Do you do you need to jog my memory? I'm trying to think. <laughs> no, because you hear uh, these stories, man. Yeah, you you. you know, I could have signed Eminem, or I could have signed Jay, or I could have signed Big. You know, some A and R's have regrets. You know, um. I, I, I spoke about this. I spoke about this not too long ago. Um, there was a group that I did sign, and, and it was a group called Plastique, and they they were the first group that I knew of that that married 
rock and hip hop. Like they they preceded in my professional uh, knowledge, you know, the Limp Biscuits, the Lincoln Parks, and and and, 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 and the Lincoln Parks. Um, they had, you know, their, their guitarist and frontman, lead singer, Plastique Pete, you know, really kind of downtown rocking dude. And his right hand happened to be, you know, a lyricist. And, and he, he, I think he was from Boston. And, and we signed them. And it was it was radically ahead of its time, right? Because nobody was doing this. And they right. were like, like, I remember we shot the video and we had like, the, the, we had Brooklyn thugs like hanging out in an indoor skate park with mm. like, with, with like Harold Hunter, you know, and 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 and, right. and the skate kids, you know, Chloe and Rosario, and all, right? And it was just like we were bringing like that kids' generation together, and and it was close, but we just didn't know how to do it because no, there were no examples. You're the pioneers, um, and that broke my heart because I because I'm a risk taker. Like I think inherently, I was I was born in this world, and you know, I, I take risks. Some of them are clearly not so healthy, right. but um, but others. I think you know what you, you you can never you can never change the paradigm if 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 you don't if if you don't get involved right so I got involved with that and 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 they never took off and and it and it broke my heart and even years later when I'd like run into group members um, they would always kind of be that that man I wish I I could have done more right. for you uh, and and unfortunately the the, the 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 brother who rapped in the group ended up uh, committing suicide mm. years later. Uh, and I don't, I don't feel, you know, I, I, I would never be so vain as to feel somehow culpable for right, that. Right. Um, but I think it's only human nature to wonder if, if, if his life could have been different, had his had message been different, had 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 the message he, he put out there been received or acknowledged, right. you know, while while he was while he was still with us, and and perhaps that's just the artist's dilemma anyway, right? Like we we are defined by our cultural relevancy. And um, and and that day when we we're no longer relevant, or when people aren't checking for what we have to say, it's 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 a day we all have to face, right. you know. Um, unfortunately. So so you you you're doing this job, you're you're building this relationship with the Fujis. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the turning point that takes you away from being this executive and really going on the road and living a creative life with the Fujis? I I remember the day like it was yesterday. Um, it was it was a Monday morning, and the Sunday before that, like that, the night before, we were all out uh, in New Jersey at the Booger Basement at the studio, and we listened to the the album. The album came back, the like mastered from from from. Did the you label. know what you had on your hands? I'll tell you, that basement that basement was was really really small, right? So there were like thirty people in that basement when we listened to it to the point where you couldn't raise your arms. I mean, it was just, it, we were packed in like sardines and we were playing them funky, on the steaming, hot, 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 hot. And like, like <laughs> niggas wasn't wearing deodorant. <laughs> you know them Haitians, you know them Haitians get ripe sometimes. Man, well, listen, listen. <laughs> um, yo, the only thing I'll say is that we were listening to this music and we were just nodding our heads, right? Like that's the only way that you could show how, how, how great this album was. And then when the last song played, there was this really eerie silence that fell over the studio. And it was that collective Jungian knowledge that what we had on our hands was so different. It was going to be the most massive brick any of us would have or will ever experience because nobody's going to check for it. Or it's going to change the game. Right. 
And I went into the office Monday morning, you know, with that knowledge. And I was going through the motions, think opening stuff in my briefcase and going through papers and what, what do we demos, have to do, right? listening to demos. And James, James Murdoch, he came over to me and he's like, hey, hey, John, what's up? I was like, oh, nothing much. He asked about the album and I told him, you know, I think it's, I think it's a really important piece of work. And, um, and he said, well, what's the plan next? I said, well, they're getting ready to, you know, go on tour, do some dates. And he says, eh, you're on the album. I said, yeah, I, I am. I ended up making, making a few songs on the album, um, being a part of a few songs. And, uh, and he said, well, did they invite you to do some shows? They, they did, but, right. you know, look, I'm, I'm here. I'm, Dude, I'm, 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 I'm being professional. Right, I'm here. I'm, I'm the director of A&R. And he's like, all right, John. Like, maybe he walked away for like 30 seconds and then came back. He's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you go on the road with them? And if it works out, great. You know, and if not, know that you can come back here. Get the fuck out of here. And and have your gig if it if it doesn't work. That's out. That's dope, man. Yeah, yeah. So 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 what what do you do? You're like I was gone. You didn't you didn't play it off like no like, no like, James no 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 I'm I'm good here. We were downtown in Tribeca. <laughs> I think I ran across the Brooklyn Bridge because I was living in, down, in either Brooklyn Heights or downtown Brooklyn at the top, and uh, ran across the bridge like packing in my mind already like <laughs> calling from a landline making sure your passport time, time is, is leave? <laughs> and I'm coming and um yeah and that was it I, and I, I didn't look back let's yeah. talk a little bit about the creative process because uh-huh. that's such a seminal album and, and and people don't remember I remember after the Fuji's dropped their first album mm-hmm. most of us were like eh it's cute but eh you know what I mean mm-hmm. not really knowing this is like not even the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Like they, they started with a flash, but it was like, eh. What's the crea- like? What's the creative process in the relationship between yourself and Wyclef and Praz and 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 Lauren and whoever else was involved in that album, man? You know, uh, uh, what was great, I think, was that everybody had a position to play. Right. And when you know what your position is within your re- within your regiment, and and you play your position, you have. It, it, well, it's it, it's conducive to to much more successful team operations, right. and I think that because we each knew what we contributed and brought to the table, our our, our missions were clear. Were, were, right, were not only clear as day on paper, but but more than achievable, and and it and it made succeeding, um, dare I say, probably a, a little easier right. because. Well, we knew what what worked. You knew your lanes, right, exactly. And it was just like I, I know that I'm never going to be stage left on this song because right. Clef is probably going to climb on, on on the banister here and do a backflip into the audience. And and if I'm under him, I might get crushed, and that'll make for a bad. You know, it's just right. like you just learn. You 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 learn. All right, this is how we move, and, and this is how we don't move. And 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 when you learn how to do that well, it's it's hard to stop you. So so define if you can for our audience. Mm. If you can, in, in, in as simplest terms as possible, sure. what everybody's role was. Um, you know, let me, let me, I'll, I'll start in this direction. Let me, I'll start with Prize. And, and um, Prize uh, and I um, be, became, interestingly enough, I, I think much, much more friendly years later. Uh, we we weren't we weren't particularly close. You know, I, 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 like I said, the, the, I was closest to, to L in the beginning. Um, uh, but, but, you know, Praz, I don't like it when he when he doesn't when, when you know when when basically 
people uh, say disparaging things about him because it, it mitigates it mitigates his his role. And, and I used to be one of those cats that be like, like you know what? Nas is the luckiest rapper on the planet. It's, it's cool, and everybody right. has an opinion, and everybody can actually speak what everybody wants to say. Right. I, I let grown men do grown men things. Um, but one thing I'm not going to do is, is 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 bring him down because. I know that, you know, there were many instances when, when, when we were in the studio and he would make, uh, you know, like, we, let's say we were doing like some lyric building exercise or whatever, coming up with something for a song and, 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 and probably would interject something that was that was really relevant and, and, and enlightening. And even in retrospect, like I have to check myself for, oh, wow. Because, like, I got engaged in, like, what, what George W. Bush referred to as the soft bigotry of low expectations. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me, let me count money out. And then when he does something, like, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. Right. But wait a minute. I should actually be looking for his greatness. As uh, opposed to this being. Right. You know, and. and, surpri- and being surprised. And I think that, I think that you know, I, I, I found the, the, the greatness and, you know, what he, could, what he contributed, you know, with his baritone, with his business acumen. You know, Clef has said this in the past. You know, Proz is always the dude who, you know. He, he he was the last one to always be on the song because he was he was dealing with the management he was dealing with the label you know he was always on the phone trying to trying, trying to look for paper and what for, I, for, for, for that group what I learned later was he was really the glue like yeah. he was really yeah. the oh I mean and and, and like the, the you know mediator he, he 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 was a great he was a great kind of uh, he, was a, he was a diplomat right. you know so if there were issues with the shows and things of that nature he uh yeah he, he he's he's smart brother. And and Clef, what was his role like? You know, Clef 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 has the the, the macro vision. You know, Clef Clef has got a, a a great lens. He can he, he can see through through errors and then actually be able to connect dots, which is why you know it, it was uh, when when you think about the the, the choices of, of of the covers that they weren't as obvious, um, especially for that era. Like there was that there was that time during during the sort of golden era when you knew that there were certain records that were going to get sampled that were going to get lifted that were going to get brought back to life because it was a hot record you know 20 and across the street puff was killing it with the sample game exactly exactly case in point case in point um but you know but but clef would come in and he and i remember we did we did a, a white label and that's for anybody out there who doesn't know what a white label it was just a promo piece of vinyl um of minute works uh, like land down under, yeah. and I did it. I, I did it with Clef, and, and and God bless the dead, my brother, um, uh, Allah's son, uh, Mr. Sunshine for Population Click, and um, and it was like I was I was looking for. I think Akon might have been on it as well. Like, yeah. like Akon, and he and he was because Akon was in the Click at, yeah. at the time. Right? Yeah, we, Akon is actually on the Fuji Live remix. Like right. he come home the week before that, and um, and you know, and I'm, you're not even knowing. Nah, Akon no. is although I, I I mean when I heard his voice like no effect on it no reverb just dry and I heard him sing and I was like do we put a compressor on his voice is it is an auto nah that's nothing. Like, that's, that's just the dry mic right. so I was oh my god like dude, dude has dude is home right. like for a reason he, right. he's he's about to, he's about to, and and you know lo and behold um so 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 I you know I'd say that Clef had you know in in, in this vision you know um. And fortunately, he had great people around him to 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 shape that. But you know, I remember he he kind of come up with these lofty concepts, and I'm thinking this is a bit far fetched. But he was able to actualize it uh, time in and and and, and to, to time and time again. And then you know, L, there's I, I can't say I, I, I can't I, I can't say what L did not contribute. Right, her fashion, her beauty, her intelligence, her her her, her perseverance, her strength, her vocabulary, her melodies. Um, her 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 
thespianism. I don't know. I mean, she, you know, she she was just coming off a of sister act too. Right. Mm. Like we'd walk down, you know, we go Harlem so there or whatever. Pedigree. And 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 like the old heads are recognizing her because of the movies, and, and the young heads are recognizing her because of you know vocab and and and, and yeah. So it was it was great. How how easy or difficult was it working with Cliff Cliff Man? Um. I, I think it was. I think it was. It was. It was pretty easy, right. uh, you know. In 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 terms of us being in the studio, and I and I definitely uh, delegated a, a, a fair share of, of deference, you right. know, to him during that process. Um, you know, he. he I, I really, you know, saw him and and see him as as a musician, you know. And even though I had roots in in um, in classical music, I couldn't play the guitar at the time, and. I didn't have that, that. I didn't know that freedom of being able to accompany yourself with just you and an instrument. Right. Anytime I had to say a rhyme, I had to be willing to, you know, go acapella. Somebody's going to do a beatbox, or you know, a DJ was going, going to play an instrumental. But the 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 idea of me walking in with an acoustic guitar and supporting that was mind blowing. So you know, Clef would say certain things about you know harmonies, and, and he and L would speak, and I'd have my own opinions. But again, you know, I I had to learn. How to how to play my position and keep my mouth and shut. What was your position? You know, um, I've I've heard people say what what what, what my position was. Uh, perhaps it was it was it was it was the belief in bringing a street sensibility um, to a a, a a a larger audience by. By, by, by tactfully using um, perhaps keywords that would 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 encourage and inspire people to to to, to get involved. You so know, like a bridge between exactly the hip hop crowd, a sense, and cats that weren't necessarily into hip hop. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and 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 basically all that all that all that I you know I never saw myself as as you know, just Brownsville, Brooklyn, even though I think that Brownsville, Brooklyn isn't everything I do, even right. to this day, like that's just... That's it, your that, DNA. Right, it, it, it's, it's embedded. But I'm okay with saying that, you know, I am an author, I am a photographer, I am a, a painter, I am a, a businessman, I am an, uh, you know, whatever. And and wearing these hats without spreading myself too, too thin, having the diversity. Um, but, you know, for me... I, 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 and, and, and Clef, you know, Clef, Clef, I don't know whatever, but I, you know, we had some we had some great talks when 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 he acknowledged, you know, what's supposed to happen when I anchor a song, right? So when you think about family business and when you think about cowboys, it was all right. Put me in coach, you know, and and give me a look, and and I'm supposed to I'm supposed to do something with that, right? Right. And and uh, so Clef was the coach. Yeah, Clef yeah, was the coach. yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Clef, I like that. It's an alliteration. It works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you have a group, you mm-hmm. know, there's it, it, always some type of, uh, you know, friction at some point in time, sure. you know, when, you know, and especially with success, mm-hmm. when you guys were going through, you know, climbing the ladder and the success of that, if there was friction, who was someone that kind of deaded that in that group, you know, that like, you know, piece things out and make sure that, you know, nothing really winged on. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say prize. I'd say prize was, was, was the guy, you know, because he was. He, he was able to just move between, you know, the, the, the various uh, elements and, 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 and emotions. And, and he also had he also had something that a lot of other people who, who, who were around, including myself, did not have. And that was time and history with both of them. Mm. You know, he, he had separate 
but 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 equally profound relationships with both of them uh, together and and, and right. apart. Right. So so that was in, incredibly valuable. You know. So you guys go on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, first single is what Fuji La. Uh, was it? Oh, I I I I think unofficially the first single was Cowboys. Cowboys. I mean, and and we we did it. I think as a B side, right? Because I remember us having a conversation. We 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 wanted we wanted a street banger before because the we, hits. Yeah, I mean, the, the you, you knew that there were just certain certain right. songs off that album that were just positioned for radio. And right. we're like ah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get we'll, to those. We'll, we'll get to those. Right. Let's solidify our, but, our street cred. Right. So that you know, outsiders, Rod Digger. Uh, me and 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 obviously you know the Fujis who, who presented that that production um, at some dude ranch in Jersey. Like I remember, I remember <laughs> I'm shooting the video that day and just being being geeked. Like like this is what it's like. Yeah, you know? this is what it's like to be in front of the camera. Right, and, right. Wait, this is my point right here. Oh, right, right. You know, and uh, and and that was intoxicating. It was great. So, you guys, when does the record start? Like, when is it? When is it? Like, hold up, guys. This isn't that brick. It's no, not that brick, yo. No. It's, and you know, and we just sold two hundred thousand. Well, you know, even before the score, right? right it was. Um, well, I mean, because Ready or Not was Ready or Not was 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 through the roof. Mm. But 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 you mentioned Fuji La, um, and that was actually like it was the Salam Remy remix of that because that was on Blended on Reality. Okay, okay. And it was it was after Salam remixed that. And I think Flex just that like, was a shift. Yeah, it was, it, that, it was that remix that was a shift, and, and that and that remix is, is uh, it, set the tone for the album. Well, also guaranteed the life of the album. Mm. Like, there was no guarantee that, right. that that they would be a second album right. based on the performance of of, of the first album. Right. But then when that remix took off, it was like the label really paid attention and said, "Wait a minute, we you guys might actually have something here. We don't get you in with some some other producers, and then you know." Diamond D came comes in for, for for the score and Salam comes back and um, you know Jerry was just you know a, a, a whiz Wonder. kid yeah. you know my, my dude uh, it was there 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 were, there were lots and lots and lots of talented folks around there. but at what point do you realize like yo this is a monster you know um, I, I I think that I don't remember us like well it, it, I definitely wasn't wasn't so um, embedded in the operation that I was reading SoundScan every week. Right. Um, but I heard the, you know, you heard the talk and you right. felt the demand. You know, there, there were more shows to do, more in-store appearances, um, more people showing up or just living, you know, going out one night, oh, that's dude from the Cowboys, you know, and and now you're starting to get recognized and, and you, 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 you just feel, you, you feel that shift happening. Uh, and one day you wake up famous. <laughs> you know, you hear Jay talking about, you know, when he was coming up mm. um, and he saw Mace sell several million records. He's like, I'm not happy until I sell over Mace. You know what I'm saying? Like, I sell six million. Like, until I sell, sell six million, I made it. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't part of the back backdoor operations, but you got so, all together was like what, it was like the highest grossing selling rap album of all time i think it was something like that yeah mm-hmm. like at what point do you like wait a minute this is a 10 this is a diamond like right i mean when you know when those plaques start showing yeah. up and you and you start smiling and you and you wrote you co-wrote songs like you got yeah. publishing on that on that record i didn't get publishing on oh. that record royalties 
Nah. Uh-uh. Work for hire. Work for hire. Okay. Work for hire. So now, what, what's what's going on in your head? Like, well, what's going on in my head is, you know, uh, it's it, it's time to break bread. Right. You know, uh, it's, it's time to let's let's. Was eat. that tension? Was it was it tension, or was it like, yo, we put you on? I, you know what? No, I, I don't. I don't. I have internal tension. Right. That that's that's the most important tension there is, right? Because how I, how I feel at the end of the day is 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 predicated on how i feel right. not what you do to me right, right. you could actually punch me in my face right now that's how you respond. but if i have exactly if i have a willingness to somehow see the the point i, I wouldn't but you know what i mean like if I have the enlightenment to just be able to have a better perspective um yeah so so any sort of 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 grievance or, 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 or tension or anything like that was definitely my issue and right. and how how I've reacted or, or, or did not react to particular situations. You guys, you guys come back home. I guess the album plays its co- runs. Well, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, it hasn't run its course yet. Then you get on the album with Clef, mm-hmm. which I think is 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 one of my Carnival is one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Another huge success. Mm-hmm. Are you better prepared in terms of like in terms of my business? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, better prepared. Um, uh, but but probably still incredibly dissatisfied, right. especially given. You know my my sense of entitlement because at this point, you know, I I, I was already nominated for a, a Grammy. You know, I was 21 years old, right. um, and you know, I am at at the Cannes Film Festival, and I am you know on a yacht with the Spice Girls and and Howard Stern and the Bee Gees. Uh, so I'm I'm really really feeling myself. But you're like, wait a minute, what am I taking home? Like here I am. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you know, I made I made a. I'm, I can't say that I didn't make a living. I actually made a living. Right. And I was also producing and, and writing and working with other artists, um, which was great for me as a producer because it it, it, it allowed for me to get my, my, my professional chops wet working with an artist that I've never worked with before, going into the studio and then coming in, having to learn how to play in the sandbox with others. It was really, uh, it was really enlightening. But again, you know, personally, I was just like, all right, well, I want more. I, want, I deserve more. Right. I demand more. And And that wasn't, that wasn't just from one person or, or one, or, like that was how I lived, you know, what I see, I take. Right. Um, and that's, that's, that's just how I got, I got wrapped up in that as a, as a mentality, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to consume. At what point does your deal come about? Um, pretty much, pretty much immediately. I mean, as, 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 uh, Clef was finishing up the carnival. I mean, we were actually so close to, I think, finishing, our our records together that that we we had a debate at one point on if it made sense for my album to come out before his and it was like well now you know what it, it was just like it was like imagining a rocket going in the space you know you've got like the scores the capsule that you know let's go of something else and that it's just whatever um but we we de- we definitely felt all right you know so the score and the carnival and now it sets me up for for poli sci although although we have prize at the time doing ghetto superstar which right. was the big record with maya and odb um which also kind of came out at the same time like we we kind of gotten accustomed to always having something 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 in, 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 in the mix and in rotation right. and, and we knew that they were they were strength in numbers so it would it would behoove us to um not Stop that momentum yeah exactly exactly keep it going so what's the creative process that goes into your album? Like, because you 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 have this creative bubble, and you have these creative people around you. What's what's different about your album? I isolated myself from my album. Why? Um, you know, I I, I felt uh, 
I felt like it was time for me to um to 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 use my voice and and to expose my hand as 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 a producer. So I I isolated myself. I went to Conshohock in Pennsylvania for most of the recording of that album. and I also recorded a bunch of it at Chung King uh in in New York, which is no longer right. around. Um but but yeah, I I went to like I went to Pennsylvania and 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 we we just go into the woods and and see what I just wanted to see what what came out wanted to see where I was and that's something that I I actually continue to do it's kind of like I I I gauge myself against against my surroundings and sometimes that means it's very important for me to remove myself right. in order to get a clearer sense of of, of what I'm involved with but, but um, did, did these guys offer their like yo we can help you with this album like we could really bring some of this shit that we put on the Fuji's album and Clef's album to your album well, keep in mind. I mean, this was me basically saying that I wanted to right. be the the, the 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 principal voice on this album. The offers were there. Right. I, I I think that you know had I had I said to to Clef or, or Proz or anybody like boom, you know, please come in and and, and be as present as you guys would like to be. I I, I think that would have been a possibility. Um, and they were cool with it. They were like, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you know, Clef was like, yo, dude, you know, you're you're a grown man. Like, right. I, I support, I support your decision. However, you want to make this album, I support it. You want me on 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 none of it. You want me on on all of it. Like, whatever you want to do, I'm good. And I actually believed him. I didn't think that you know it was just it was just rhetoric. Um, you know, that's. I mean, I would I would I would do that as a creative as well. Right. You know. So your album comes out. Yep. And everybody's waiting for your album, Poly Sci. Mm. And it's critically acclaimed. Mm. People are giving you great reviews, right? And and we sell less than a hundred thousand copies, less than which in the nineties it was nineties, right? Oh, it was a brick. It was a brick. It was a brick. I mean, you know, you don't sell tens. Of, you don't. You you don't. You're not you a don't part come off of ten, a machine. You don't call, come off ten, two diamonds, right? Right. And two diamonds, and and then sell less than a hundred thousand right. copies. So you know, what do I do? I blame everybody around me. You all failed me. You know why have Val forsaken me? I go up to the label of like you guys don't understand marketing. My shit. You don't understand promotion. I hated the single. You know, every, every everything, everything, right? And um, I I think that was like at twelve thirty in the afternoon. I got dropped by like three thirty. They drop you the same fucking day. I, I say that right. it, it wasn't as dramatic, but right. it, it in, in retrospect, I mean, it actually felt it it, it felt as dramatic. Right. Um. Plus, it, it works better for the story. Of course, <laughs> but you're but you're angry now. But you're angry. Well, you know what? You're, are you embarrassed? I'm actually not embarrassed because because I'm looking at I'm looking at my peers, my contemporaries, and I'm like, wow, these dudes are actually doing on their own, building their buzz, working for themselves, and then the labels are coming back on bended knee, right. apologetically with with really really great caveats, like trying to entice people to do you know more fair deals and and not just signing as artists but signing as as, as corporations. Um, so I was like, all right, well that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to do my next album independently, you know, um, which is which is a great plan. Right. When you have money. Right. But I didn't I didn't have any money. Which takes us to the next <laughs> chapter of your life. You know, let's let's do this, man. Let's go to a, a, a quick station break. But before we do this break, Pete, I, I really want to give a shout out again to the sponsor of this episode, Bevel. Bevel Razor Blade, man. You know, it's the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly, and sensitive skin. And as they explained earlier, it's not just for black skin. It's for all skin. So, you know, expect your Bevel package in the mail soon, Pete. Bevel.com. But let me tell you something now. If you're a fan of the show, Internet, let me tell you why I fuck with Bevel so heavy. It's clinically proven by African-American dermatologists to reduce and prevent razor bumps. 
It's designed for the ground up to give a smooth, bump, free shave. Now, like I said earlier, I use this product. I shave my head, and I don't have no neck bumps, no teddies, none of that nasty shit on the back of my neck. Yo, my shit is smooth. And I want to give a shout-out to the homie Tristan Walker. Tristan is his brother, 29-year-old entrepreneur who saw this vision, this hole in the African-American grooming, and he built this shit. He teamed up with Nas, yes, rapper Nas, who invested in Bevel, and now they have this great product that, that, you know, I don't push y'all, I don't beat y'all over the head over products, but I stand by this product. So listen, I'm going to tell y'all this, man. If y'all want to sample this, man, if y'all want to get a piece of this luxury item that's designed specifically for you, go to getbevel.com, that's G-E-T, B-E-V-L dot com. Use the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, and get 20% off your first month at GetBevel.com. That's GetBevel.com, and use the promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T. Shave like a fucking boss. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com, after your radio, after your TV show, and definitely after your podcast. Be right back. Internet, we need your support. Head on over to iTunes and search for the Combat Jack Show. There's tons of episodes there for you to check and listen to on the road, in your room, wherever you're at. But we need you to subscribe. We need you to comment. We need you to rate. And we need you to tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you, Internet. Don't be a fucky bird. Combat Jack Show. Internet, you're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. And, and we are on this amazing, amazing journey with the amazing John Forte, man. So you say. You the know, it's only. an amazing journey, man. You just put out your album. Mm. The album flops. Yes. You get dropped. Yes. You decide to go independent on your own. On my own. You're blaming everyone. And, and blame, blaming blame everybody. Everyone. You got mad something to prove. Mad at the world. Mad at the world. You came off yeah. two diamonds. Yeah, mad at the world. And you're like, yo, I'm going to show y'all. You know what? It, it, it wasn't a fluke, you know? And I think that, again, that's what the artist is always setting out. Right. Because you're only as great as the last painting you sell. Of course. Or the, or the last song of yours that goes into rotation. Um, but that's, that's us beating ourselves up, right? Right. Like, you better believe there are fans out there when they when they love an artist they will die with they that will artist. Die with, yeah. It might be three hundred of them around the world, but there are people out there that that, that that are so deeply impacted by your art. Right. But we end up losing sight of that because we're like, wait a minute, why why aren't I on everybody's top five? Right. Like I'm 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 dope. I, I I've been, I've been putting you know I've, I've I've been putting it in. And as a rap fan, man, is there's no question that 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 you are dope. Like no one ever said. Trust me, I did not say that because I was fishing. No, no, no. But I'm no, saying. I'm, but I'm no, saying. No. I'm saying. Like John, <laughs> nobody's ever said John Forte's skills. Eh. Like motherfuckers, are like yo, you brought that lyricism to the game. Thanks. So you're on your journey now. You're trying yes. to put this thing together. Yes. Um, are you cocky, motherfucker? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I feel myself. I'm just like yeah. Are you tired of motherfuckers at, uh, comparing you to like like uh, thinking you're Haitian? No, I don't. I, no, I never. T- I never took umbrage with that. Right. I mean, that's peace. You say, I ain't Haitian. I'm nah. John Forte, motherfucker. <laughs> Be the, you know, I mean, I, I, that, that, that's one approach. Another right. approach is, um, I don't. I don't. I didn't know what I was. Right. Like, I didn't know my pops. Right. I know that you know Forte is it, it, it's, it's right. It, it could be French. It could be yeah. I mean, so knowing that my dad was born in New York and, and beyond that, you know, um, stories of, of Trinidad. You know, hence the line. You know, meeting mangoes in Trinidad with attorneys. Like when we would do the, the Caribbean um, festival, I'd, I'd rep the Trinity flag just on just on GP. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I loved it. I loved the reception wherever we were um, and, you know, the sort of uh, Caribbean, you know, atmosphere. Like whenever we showed up, there was just love across the board. And, and there was no float quite like our float at the, you know, West Indian Day. Oh, hell no. Uh, 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 hell no. It, hell was, no. it was great. It I was mean, like the Pied Piper. You know, we had folks just following us, yeah. you know, in Eastern you know, Parkway. Gets, the, the, you know. the credit I give to, to, to particularly uh, Wyclef, and then the, the Fuji movement is, mm-hmm. you know, growing up Haitian American, man. Um, there's pre, particularly in New York, well, in the United States, there's there's mm. pre Wyclef and there's post Wyclef. Yeah, that's true. Because pre Wyclef, it wasn't really cool to be Haitian. Not at all. It right. was like there's Jamaicans, mm. and then maybe Trinidadians. You know what I'm saying? But it was just, and, honestly. But then, it, and then there's y'all. It, it, was, it was just because it was just because at the time, the Haitians were the newest kids on of the course, block. Of course, Right? Because. And then right. the, the accent was completely different, the language thing. We, we weren't a language-based and, culture. We were a French-based culture. And being in the news in the early 80s, you know, and, 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 the, and the refugee crisis. Yep, and the AIDS and the whole now. We yeah. were the, but so, you know, I give a lot of love to, to Clef mm-hmm. and, and, and you even for, like, you know, giving us, reinstilling a sense of pride. In our culture. So now you're on your own, man. When do you realize, like, yo, this shit ain't easy? Man, I was actually, I was actually, like, couch surfing for for, for a little while. And, and, um. And Quote, I, unquote, rock star homeless. I, I guess. I mean, right. like, you know, my, my, I, I was, I was staying on Mark Ronson's couch. Okay. You know, and. It's a good place to be homeless. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, right? You know, I'm in New York and. and, and you and, wake and, up and, and some and, model chick is laying next to you, like, yeah, right, I like this. Right. And still doing, like, you know, a, a magazine right. events and premieres and things like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, again, out and about till seven in the morning every night doing these guest DJ, you know, spots downtown. And, uh, and, and, and that's actually where I ended up, um, you know, meeting this dude uh, who, who I, I became very, very friendly with. And and one day, you know, we're hanging out, and he's just like, "Yo, John, man, what's what's, what's your strategy? What's up?" I'm like, your, how's your money at the time? Um, you know, it was it was it was uh pretty even the non-existent. Right. You know what I mean? I was definitely I, I can't even say I was I was I was hand to mouth. I was surviving, and I, in retrospect, like I had a great quality. I was I was not hungry, but I wasn't. Like I wasn't mobile, right? And I, I I tend to I tend to think of of of, of wealth as um, how how mobile you can right. be. Being and, able and, to pick up and go. And I was I was nowhere near as mobile as I wanted to be, and that was that was crippling because you know I like I like my wings. I like and you just traveled. Well, basically, what I'd do is like I'd, I'd be out and about on Tuesday night, and you know I hear that there's a party in Paris on on Wednesday. It's like, hey, let's go, you know. And but with no real with no real sense of well how am I going to pay for this trip right like, let's go right. and let's see what happens so this and, is the uh, lifestyle that you had become accustomed to yes right. very much so um, and and for me like again it wasn't like you know cars and and homes and and and, and to be perfectly honest I, I didn't have long money like that for, for for my obsessions to even even look like that but but I loved being as mobile as as I wanted to be and when that stopped I knew that uh oh. I'm 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 in trouble, right? You know, and again, back to this old theme about the universe conspires to help the dreamer, which is what Paulo Coelho says, right? So I throw this energy out into the universe, want to do this album, want to fund it independently, want to do it on my own, and the universe gave me the opportunity, and the opportunities, hanging out with this dude, um, who, who who by this point is yeah, man, he's it's, it's a good dude. So he asked me what's up, 
and I tell him, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to recording, but I'm, I, I got to make a few moves before I can, I, I can actually go into the studio. And um, and then and there, he he just he just you know opened the door for me, and he says, well, you know, I've got an operation. You know, a bunch of people. If you can find people to move, you know, m- my merchandise for me, um, then you know, I'll give you I'll give you a cut. So it was never it was never one type of merchandise. I mean, it could have been it could have been a bunch of things. Right. It could have been you know money. It could have been jewelry. It could have been drugs. Um, me, I compartmentalized it by by saying. Well, I'll involve myself just enough to be able to reap the benefits, but should the house of cards fall, there's no way the th- there's no way that somebody's going to be able to say right. that that I'm that dude. Right. You know, I'm 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 that guy in the middle who's happily kind of turning a blind eye. I don't even want to live that life. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't something that I uh, espoused or, or, or stood on, but it was also something that I didn't, I didn't judge. You know, I, I wasn't the dude who was passing judgment, but I wasn't the dude who was glorifying it. Right. Because you know, I, I wasn't. That wasn't something that I, I I I was I was comfortable even putting out there like that. I still felt like I had a responsibility. I'd say reckless stuff. Don't don't get me wrong. I right. mean, when you listen to you know stuff that I was talking about, you know, I definitely used uh, language that um, that I don't anymore in my music. Um, and I, I I you know I, I engaged in the game. You know, whether it was it was misogyny or or you know conspicuous consumption or whatever and all that. Um, it is what it is. I don't say that that wasn't me. That was as much the John Forte that exists today right. because you can't deny, you can't deny your actions. So, you know, my, my ownership uh, of, of my responsibility is something that, that I have to, I have to stand firm on. Um, so, you know, and, and that was it. And, 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 and the operation was really, really simple when things had to get moved. You know, I, I, I found people. It was very to, clean. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I think there's also the assumption of not being involved because of who you are, your pedigree. Mm. You know I'm saying you, you come from this great school. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're very educated, mm. come from the industry, and then you, you come from like the whole Fuji pedestri- mm. uh, pedigree. So it's you, 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 I, I can imagine in your mind, you're like, I'm not a criminal. Mm. I'm just... Oh, right, right. No, I was, I was completely able to, to justify every action to compartmentalize. Of course I'm not... But breaking the what? No, right. I'm too clean. Very. Was very. this was this like a sense of survival mode at this point in time? It, it, it's it's funny. It's funny that you say that. Yes and no. Yes, when 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 uh, when let's say there's a trip and there's the angst of mm. oh man, like we, we we set out to do this, and then no, when you're reaping the benefits and and you know you're tearing the club up. Because popping bottles, right? Because because everything everything Every happened, right, right. everything went according to plan. Right. But when it doesn't go according to plan, and you're like, wait a minute, something got held up, or, or something got lost, and and you, what? Who? You know? And you're on, and again, probably more daunting for me because I was on the periphery, right? So it wasn't like I had access to you know so much knowledge that. I could rest assured and say, oh, well, I know this is going to happen in this place and then so-and-so is going to come in and everything will be great. You know, I was kind of like 12th man on the deal last to know in the in the superstructure. Um, but, you know, I was still I was still on the deal team. And and there's no there's no denying that. You know, looking forward and even looking back, you know, I, I feel like your, your connections, you're your, your like a, a people person and, and the people you have come across. Before you step into somewhat of that survival mode, mm-hmm. you know, 
were you to say prideful to like ask for like help from people because you you're around a lot of successful people mm-hmm. before you could have and you're around people that you help contribute to their mm-hmm. success one hundred percent it was com- it was complete pride it was me saying wait a minute if people actually knew that that I felt like I was suffering right now or that I was I was super super dissatisfied with you know my career at this point but I didn't I didn't do that right I was still as out, if not more, you know, I'm in L.A. for two days just because. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely doing the thing where it's like I'm, I'm dating this actress just because. Or I'm dating this model just because. Or I'm eating at this restaurant just because. Like, you know, now it's like if I'm invited to an event, I ask myself, is there a purpose for me at this event? Right. Like the, the notion of me showing up to anything for the sake of showing up is so far removed from my, my my level of comfort. But that's what I did. I mean, right. I I was out every night, every morning, you know, and, and, and thinking that that was, you know, good living. Right. Now, you got advice from Clef mm-hmm. while this, in this part of your life. You, you got advice from him, like, dude, this is what I'm doing. Mm. And he, he, his advice is like, you don't need to do this. Where, where are you getting your information? No, no I'm, I'm, I, I actually heard an interview, a, a Wyclef interview. Okay. And he said, you know, like, there was some tension, but the tension came from, like, him saying, listen, this is, might not necessarily be the path. Mm-hmm. It could be. Right. Yes. What was that? What was what, what were those conversations? If you... I, I can't say that I, I, I recall right. um, wholly those those conversations. But, um, but, 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 but I will say, I will say that there was definitely... Um, you know, in, in, in an attempt on on his part to intervene, you, you know, or or maybe not, maybe not proactive proactive intervention to the point of here's why you don't have to do that. You know, here's a, a, a another lane because you know we're grown men. Right. So he's like, I've given you you know lanes, I've shown you the, the way and, and opportunity. The, the, you, so you're on the lane, right? Right. Basically, I mean, so 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 that could have that could have in fact you know been the case. But do do I believe that that his 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 uh his, his judgment, criticism, or you know words of, of support came from a, a great place? Absolutely. Right. But I don't think that I was in a receptive place to 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 hear. The goodness. Or even recognize. Right. Without without thinking, all right, now what what's your angle on this? Are you coming at me because you, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and and you get and you get you get reactive and you get defensive. Right, you, you get you get defensive as opposed to just being willing to say, Oh man, you know, maybe maybe this person actually is coming from from a place of love. Right. You know, you have to consider that. And I, I don't think I was in a place to consider that that because I I felt you know, I felt on my own. I right. I, I felt rejected. You know, it's like abandonment issues, right? Like what happened? I thought I thought you guys were fans. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a lot of people don't know that somebody like Clef really is a little bit more acclimated to shit on the streets mm. than most people would, would, would assume he is. So take us to this day, man, this, mm. this, this, this faithful day that really takes you in a whole. So um, I tell this story with a little bit of a smile on my face, not because I take it lightly, but because in order to do the story any justice, I have to relive it. And, um, and, and P, you may be able to re- relate to this. You know, there was this thing that, that we said when we were away. We said we laughed to keep ourselves from crying, right? So sometimes when, when, I, when, I, when I retell this story, 
I'm, I may have a smirk or I'm, 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 I may, you know, laugh or giggle, but it's not because anything that happened during this story is funny. Right. In fact, it's it's the exact opposite. Right. It's tragic. Um, it, it, it's absolutely tragic. So I, I, I just wanted to, to preface that. So um, two, two curs were actually um, out and about. They want a trip. Um, they were supposed to get money. And when they when they when they showed up, uh, the money wasn't there. But they had an opportunity to bring back drugs instead of money. And, um, I mean, they, they basically offered a free trip. and was like, look, we can't give you anything if, if, you, don't, if you don't take this. But we, knew, we know that there was supposed to be money, but money's not here. So you can take this. And they were like, well, we can go back with nothing or we can, you know, take this risk. Right. And, 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 and they took that risk. Um, they, were caught, uh, they were caught in Texas. And in uh, in Houston, Texas, um, and they pretty much just uh, uh, began working with, uh, with with the feds uh, immediately, and and uh, and they started uh, you know tapping the the phones, uh, recording the conversations, and they needed to do they they being the, the the feds needed to do a controlled delivery because they had to have somebody on the premises um, who had the expectation of interest in the control substance, right? In this case, it was 14 kilograms of, of liquid cocaine. Um, it's worth about how much? Well, uh, I, I think, I think they reported like, 1.7, 1. 1. 1. maybe, maybe some of the would say it has 2.1 million. Jesus Christ. Um, I, 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 I think so. Um, <sighs> and, a lot of liquid. yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a whole lot. And, uh, so, you know, I was getting these phone calls, like status reports of, of of the travels. I was like, why is this trip taking so long? I don't understand. You know, it's everything. On. Oh, we're fine. We're fine. We just had something with whatever. But of course, what they're doing is they're building a, a case. You know, yeah. the more hours of me talking, the more the the, the, the more uh, there being a, a chance that I will you know incriminate myself. Um, and you spoke about instinct. Mm-hmm. You spoke about trusting your instinct. Mm-hmm. And the way this thing is going is not usually how it usually goes. And your instinct is telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have a, I have a, I have a story about the instinct. Right. I mean, you know, I, I know that I know that there's there was just a moment. I mean, years into my bid, you know, sitting on the yard, and it was like eight of us sitting around, and uh, the topic of of instinct came up and gut, the God voice, whatever you call it, and every one of us. And I mean, it was a t- it was a tight crew, you know. We had uh, um, and 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 my sort of social circle in, 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 in prison was very diverse at least on face value right. but you know I tended to surround myself with guys who 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 um, who known as stand up guys but there was something that was very very in common when we told these stories about like the day that we got arrested mm. all of us all of us felt something in our gut all of us knew in our instinct in our heart of hearts this is a bad bad situation right. and what did we do we 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 shut that we shut that voice off, and it was that moment when I was you know in the yard and going through that where I said you know what, and I've kind of made my deal with the universe. If I get an opportunity to get to the other side of this, I'm going to pay attention to to you and and what you have to say. And um, you know that was a that was a that was a hard a hard earned right. lesson. Right. Uh, one that one that still requires you know discipline discipline because it is and, discipline. And focus and it's, it's not easy but um but now jumping back to 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 the story so when the young women finally make it to newark they give me a call and like we're land i'm like great awesome 
I'm at my place. I'm in downtown Manhattan. I'm, you know, whatever, getting ready to plot the day out. And uh, and they said, yeah, but we're going to need you to come and get us. Like, come and get you. That's n- never been. It. That's not what I, I No, I don't no. do that. What? And they were like, and then got really emotional and started crying. And, and well, you got to send an answer that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what are you talking about? I got you. So the alarms are ringing. The, the, I mean, the, the alarms are, are, are definitely ringing. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a man of conscience. Right. It's very, very difficult for me to just turn my back onto somebody and say, like, you know, forget you. Right. It's very difficult for me to do that. Like, you've got to... And 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 you know some you know some of the guys that I met you know <laughs> along the way when I when I was away would would identify that as my number one problem. Right, John, you like you're not cut out for 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 how for how cold these streets are right. because you have a conscience, right? You like can't when, be cupcaking with your cold D's. I mean, I mean, and, 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 I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know, fortunately, when it came down to like my situation. Um, I, that was never an issue for me. Right. Um, and I, I, I mean, I say fortunate in so far as, you know, that's how I lived with myself. You didn't compromise who you were. Not at all. And it wasn't because I was a tough guy. Right. It wasn't because I was trying to, you know, stand on, 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 on some image or some bravado, but it didn't make sense to me. My right. whole thing is if I did something, hold me responsible for it. Right. And, and I, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, I'm willing to wear that for my responsibility. Right. right. But I'm not going to be the dude who's like, hey, yo, they come out, they caught us. What? Like, they, 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 they got me. Right. They you, got me. But I mean. You, I, you I, driving, you, you jump in the car. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not even driving. I'm, and this is, this is when people, when, <laughs> this is when people like confuse the, the whole story. People are like, yeah, he, he was driving a cab at the time. I was a passenger in, in, a, in a, a New York City yellow cab going right. to the airport with the, with the purpose of picking them up. With picking them up. And, um, you're, was, a, you're, oh, you're was, a better man than me because I'd be like, "Yo, take the fucking cab." Oh well, no, I mean because it, it, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, what? Like it was, it was but, but but the thing was, again, you know, the way the conversation's positioned, it's like, you know, we we don't feel we don't feel safe. We don't uh, we feel and like and like it's, and it's women, right? And, and now I'm like, now I'm like, oh man, now it's it's like my my fuck. It's not even my masculinity, but but, but my, my sense of decency right, right. is at stake as well. Like the sense I, of chivalry, right, it, that and and like now you're accusing me of 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 like hurting you, violating you, and uh, I'm very very protective against that, right, like, right. because you know I, I think so. You you I, get guilted into this shit. Yeah, but you know I mean I'm, I'm also I'm also I'm you also, also you I also know. want I also want the, the proceeds. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I feel guilted. I have a conscience, but. You know, I want to go out that night. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm thinking about that. You, you want to pop some bottles. But was this particular job, did it have a certain dollar amount on it that made you so, like, zoned no. in? Or no. It was, it was part, of, no, part, of, just, part of a routine. Just expecting, you know, um, just, just expecting to, 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 have, uh, to have fun with. With that, so you get fun. you, you, yeah. you get in the cab, uh-huh. you, you head it. Oh, but but oh oh oh, but but I have to also say I am also recording during during this time, so it's not like it's not like I'm I'm forgetting about what the mission is. Right. I'm actually going into the studio and I'm coming up 
with new music and I'm because I'm, that's ultimately your mission like I gotta that, record that, that is I gotta that get is this I gotta get this that to continue to fund, fueling studio fund time and a whole yes. nine right yes. that, so you're in the cab yep. you're not feeling like Henry Hill you don't feel like a little like the helicopters you <laughs> no, know no you know, <laughs> you know, you know outside <laughs> the window Henry you know what's the worst I was on the phone I was on the phone with my dude man <laughs> I mean this is my dude and, and my dude was like yeah, man. So we, we you go to sounds like your emotion. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go to the go to the airport to go pick up so and so. He was like, what? That's not what you do. He's like, where you at? I just crossed, um, the Verrazano Bridge or something yeah. like that. Like, I felt like there was a Rubicon. I felt like I'd cr- like getting off that bridge when he said that I I I I I gone beyond the point of no return. Right. I, I just kind of threw my hands up in the air and be like, ah, you know, I became a fatalist, right? right like, right. whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So, you show up to the airport and I see them both. They're standing on the curb. Do they look different? Or are you, are you... They, 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 they look they look travel weary. Right. Because I, there were lots of, like, little bumps and hiccups along this uh, along this particular um, trip. Uh, trip. And, um, and, and they looked weary. They looked like, man, they'd been through it, like, not sleeping or whatever. So, you know, when I got out of, of, of the cab... You know, one of them, you know, was crying. He's like, dude, I'm so happy to see you. Like, hugs me, the big bear hug. And I'm like, yo, welcome home. It'll open up the uh, open up the, 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 the trunk. And I put the bags in the in the trunk and I slammed the trunk. And that's when everything changed and it went in slow motion, right? It was like law enforcement jumped out from everywhere where it was, you know, feds, DEA, ATF, local Newark cops, like mall cops. It was like everybody just like flanked, you know, guns drawn. Get down, get down, get down. Because they thought that, they, 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 you know, somebody said, oh, he might he might have something yeah, on right, him. Right. And, and I mean, and it was just like. And, and then they got me, and it was just slow motion. And and, so, and you're saying to yourself, well, well, well. Now I'm saying to myself, I'm like, oh man, like I feel, I feel super horrible about me. But I'm looking at, I'm looking at the girls now, and they're both crying, like, what's happening? What's they going on? They didn't know what was going on. Of course, they knew what was going on. They was in control delivery. They were, they were acting. They're playing that role. Are right. you looking at them like you fucking just no, did this to me? No, because they're playing, they, they're playing the role like, like, like. We had no idea this was this was happening. Right. So I thought, oh man, they got nabbed and unbeknownst to them, like we all we, we all got we, swept we're in up. this together. What I didn't realize it until I got delivery that I start uh, discovery that I started seeing in the paperwork that oh they're fully cooperating and you know will will testify and what and you're coming out there to help them. I mean, of I, course, I, that, they, of course, you can't but you I'm, can't separate. I, but I was but I was also helping myself. Right. So again, you know what. I could sit there all day long, and, and, and did you ever say those motherfucking bit? Like, what did you? Were you sure? Oh, I went there, right? I went there, but you know, at the end of the day, wouldn't that be me repeating my mistakes of, 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 of blaming everybody else? Have you ever spoken to them since? No, no. Um, what would that conversation be, man? Uh, you know, the conversation would be um, uh, <laughs> it'd be brief. <laughs> Maybe brief. I'm, I'm, I'm you sure. Give him a scarf hand, like, hey, how you doing? Man? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm decent, right? And I'm a human, and I have, I have dignity. But you are also a human. I, I am, but, and, and you but, can't. But I also, come on, you, you guys are, and you guys are, you guys are, are, are ascending the ranks of, 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 of your respective social network. 
how easy is it for you to feed into the negativity, right? How easy is it for you to see a hundred great comments about a podcast, and then there's that one jerk off who says something? Stop and, interrupting right, your and, fucking and, interviews. And and, <laughs> and 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 you know what the first instinct is to react to that dude right. mm-hmm. as opposed to the ninety nine right. other beautiful supportive comments. So that's the way that I that's that's my mentality to anybody, anybody, and anything for the most part that I feel I've 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 I've, I've I've come face to face with and 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 saw an ugliness or a demon that 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 needed to uh to 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 be addressed. I'm not going to focus on on that aspect, that negative aspect. Why why would right. I? When there's so much beauty around me, when there's so much you know positive, and again, it's this is not a kumbaya moment. This is this is in the pragmatic sense of what makes what makes sense to my spirit. Right. You know. So so John, man, you, you, we talk about pedigree. Mm. You know, we talk about Brownsville and then we talk about pedigree. Mm-hmm. You're not a punk, but you're not built for this. Mm. You're not built for this. Mm. Are you like, yo, this cannot happen. This is not happening. Sure, I was like, this is not happening, but it was clearly happening. Right. When I was shangled at the shackle at the angle in, in the wrist, you can say it's not happening all day long. Well, you know what? You can either live in denial or, or, or live in it. And I, I had to open my eyes to, to that moment. And things are moving fast and slow, I could imagine. Mm. People are throwing these numbers at you. People, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my, my when they um, when they attempted to actually, you know, debrief me when they when they arrested me, initially, you know, the, there was this, the, there was one Asian who said, you know, you're looking at forty years. Ah, like, that was the first thing she said to me. She walked in, she had the clipboard, and you're looking at forty years. Did you faint? We know everything. No, I was just sitting there. <laughs> I, I was just sitting there. But but you know, again, like this is all in in, in my paperwork. Right. The, the only thing I asked for was to see my attorney. Right. I didn't know how to ask for for anything else. I didn't. I didn't. I was not tempted to sit here. Well, let me tell you my side of the story. No, what happened? I need it. Yeah, yeah. No, like I went from being like mad at the world and angry at everyone to not trusting anyone, right? Including you know these people who were throwing these who were throwing these numbers at me. Right. You know, we know every. I don't know what they knew. I didn't know what they didn't know. But that wasn't my position to figure it out. I wasn't going to try to sit there and be the clever guy. So ultimately. Um, you know, I, I I did get my attorney, and then you know we started to get discovery. Are you out on bail? Yeah, six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Um, where's that money from? Most of it came from Carly. Most of it. Fuck. Yeah. So going back now, had you been building this relationship with Carly? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I mean, she. You know, I. I'm so blessed because, in lieu of having really strong male figures in my life growing up, because. You know, they were either gone like my father, or dead like my father, or in jail like you know so many so many old, older heads that that I knew. But I was blessed with this sort of affinity for the matriarchs, right? Like just I've, I've just always known strong women. Beginning beginning initially with with my mom, mom, Flo. You know, and it was it was through her example that you know I, I started to recognize that, that that great spirit in a handful of other women you know and, and and carly's among that that crew you know she's my she's my spiritual godmother that's how that's how i refer to her um john you're successful mm-hmm. you, you you do all this successful shit mm-hmm. what do you tell your moms b uh, you know I, I i told my mother i messed up you know um i I, I, I threw the whole because I was actually on house arrest for a year, which, uh, which coincidentally uh, enough, um, I was I was staying at, at at my mom's place, so I ended up 
really developing a greater relationship with my mom because she's seeing me day in and day out. I had a, a, a day pass, if you will, she lived in New Jersey, for me to go into the, the, the studio in New York because I ran into an old friend of mine on the street. Um, this was after I got arrested and after I'm on, on my house arrest. So this guy, David Pasek, who used to manage Maxwell. Mm. So I see David, and he's just like, man, I hear, you know, what happened? I'm sorry, is everything. I'm like, well, you know, I'm fighting it. Um, you know, looking at trial, I'm, I'm, I'm going go, to go fight. And uh, he's like, uh, I, I just started a new record label with Herbie Hancock. You, you want to do an album? And I was like, of course I want to do it. Where were you a year ago? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> when, I, when I needed to do the album. So, so I told him, I said, I said well, look, man, um, I don't know if, if this album is going to be a hip-hop album because I'm actually singing some songs right now. It, it might be some rock. It might be some reggae. It might be some, he's just like, I think it's going to be a great album, and we'd like to give you an opportunity to do it. So that year I spent recording my sophomore album, which was called I, John. I, John. And, um, and I, John w- was and remains a, a, a real jewel in, in, in my, my, my being because that's when I... F- Feel like I, I I finally got courageous with my music, you know, and the people who and are you on that convention. Album. You know, for me, that was like this is why you do it. This is why you do it. And the people who flew in to be a part of that album came in on their own dime, didn't ask for anything. They just showed love. Tricky flew in from London. Ben Taylor, you know, Martha's Vineyard, Carly Simon, um, Herbie Hancock, Estero, um, who was in Toronto at the time. Like she had flown in. Um, my, my 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 co-producer on that album, J.K., who was just this amazing guitarist, but you know that album tells this this really complex but beautiful, heartbreaking story, or at least attempts to. And I was just like, I don't, I don't care what happens with this album. I did I, it. I did that. Right. Right. And 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 the people who who I loved did that with me. We did this thing together. And um. And it's, it, that album came out in the spring of 2002, and I was already away for a year. Mm. I was already away, but I was, like, approving artwork for my, my, my cell in Texas. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then I started getting, like, the reviews of, of the album, like the Boston Globe and Rolling Stone. And, it, you know, they were so similar insofar as, wow, you took a big risk. It works. Too bad he won't be around to support it until 2014. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so it was bittersweet. And it was crazy because, like, the years that I was away, like, there they would be these days when I'd be, like, really down, right? And then I'd go to mail call, and I'd get this random postcard from somebody in Japan who's like, yeah, that song from I, John, how could I? I got married to that song, and my wife and I listened to it, you know, every year. And I was just like, wow, I really needed that, you know, when, when, I, when it arrived. Right. You get what you need when you need it, you right. know? And, um and, 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 and that album was a, a kind of testament to that. You know, going back to Carly, man, were you surprised at her at her commitment to you? Absolutely. 650 is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, yeah. And she, did, did you know she, she, she how, how did that conversation uh, there was come? There was an actual proceeding. Right. You know, there was a, there was a, a, a hearing that she, she, came to, uh, she came to town for. You know, she, my mother, uh, and she, she put up secured property. Um, so that uh, I could I could have a fighting chance on the outside leading up to my trial. Um, so you get the verdict. Mm-hmm. Fourteen years. Mm-hmm. The sentence is the sentence. Is fourteen years. The, the verdict the, was guilty. Interestingly enough, I was I was I was I was um, I had two charges. I had two. 
two counts. One was conspiracy to involve myself in this criminal enterprise. And the other one was possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute. So I went to trial, right? It's in the feds. And I was found not guilty of the of the of the conspiracy. Conspiracy. It's so difficult to be conspiracy in the feds just because of of, of how ambiguous the the law can be. And my jury came back deadlocked initially, but then my judge issued an Allen charge, which basically says, you know, yes, you guys can say that that, that you agree to disagree and you can't come to a, a verdict, but you have a, a, a right. I mean, you have an obligation to to try to come back with so it's a call an Allen charge where the judge is like I know that you guys said that you don't disagree but you gotta you gotta agree you, you gotta you gotta really go back in there again and agree and they came back within an hour with this compromised verdict and it was not guilty of the conspiracy basically saying I didn't really have any knowledge of, of what I was doing but I did actually possess the, this this yes. controlled substance yes. which is kind of counterintuitive because you'd think, all right, you could actually be involved in something and not really possess it. Right. Because I was like, I was never hands-on during the operation. But there's a thing in the law called actual possession and constructive possession. So for our listeners out there, know that you can possess something without actually physically having it in your presence, without touching it. Because you can have an expectation of an interest privacy in the said thing. So if there's a phone call that's being made, and your man is like, hey, yo, that thing will be here tonight. Know that <laughs> as soon as you go, uh-huh, That's you have right. an expectation of an interest in right. that thing. Those T-shirts will be there tonight. Whatever whatever the case may Getting be. Getting some flip-flops. You have an expectation <laughs> of, right. of, of, of interest. You know, I, I do want to mention this. You know, when you bid... Uh, you you get a chance to get in touch with yourself, mm-hmm. and I heard you uh, speak many times about you know uh, questioning yourself, and uh, you know if if I'm a good son, if I'm a good person, if I'm a good, you know all these things. How important was that time to get in touch with yourself to you? It was everything. It was everything for me. Um, I can count, and this is how blessed I I, I consider myself. I can count on one hand the days when I was away when I didn't get mail on one hand and that's really saying a lot to get mail every day and I don't care if it's from one person or from a million to know that somebody's checking for you mm-hmm. it could be a, well it can be a Polaroid because it was no longer allowed but it could have been just a regular flick with somebody you know from some beach in Cancun thinking of you the smallest the smallest act of, of, of remembrance translates to the largest act of support in, 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 in places like that. And, and being reminded that I didn't lose my support and I didn't lose love uh, was integral to, I think, uh, preserving my sanity and encouraging me to, you know, irrespective of the cliche, to not, uh, to not have the time do me. Mm. But 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 for me, but for me to to do that time, so to take proactive measures to make every single day count for something, whether it was doing a pull up that I couldn't do the day before, or whether it was learning about uh, you know foreign policy, it, for me it was it was a, it was a proactive meditation to 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 personal progress because this notion of systemic reform and rehabilitation in our prison system is an abject myth. People are not handing out degrees and amazing programs that are helping our brothers and sisters who come home uh, stay home. Mm -hmm. So any sort of real reform and rehabilitation that's happening behind those fences and those walls and those, and and those doors and gates 
are nine times out of ten happening out of heroic initiatives uh, by the inmates themselves to better themselves. Personal determination. That's it. That's it. It comes down to to, to this man and to this woman saying, I'm not waiting for you to do anything for me. How do you process 14 years in your head, dude? You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't, you don't project. You don't project 14 years. You know what you do? You get through the day. One day at a time. But when you it. hear that. I didn't hear 14 years. I heard 168 months, yeah. which is how it's. Which is presented. How, and which is the low end of, of, of my mandatory minimum. Right. I was looking at 168 months to 210 months. Right. That was my mandatory minimum. In fact, during my sentencing, my judge. Uh, said that he was actually inclined to give me a downward departure to 10 years because mm. I was a first-time nonviolent uh, 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 offender. offender. Right, right. Unless anyone in the courtroom objects, to which the prosecutor on my case stood up and vehemently objected oh. to me receiving you know, four years off of my... Which I was still looking at a 10-year sentence. Right. That's a ten, 10 years is not something... Not, one night is... is, not, is not, 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 not something to need. And in fact... And in fact... Uh, 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 you know the, the, the prosecutor said you know we gave him every opportunity <laughs> to to cooperate we gave him every and, and you know he took it to trial and he lost and 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 this is what happens when you take things to trial and lose you have these guidelines uh your honor if, if you if you depart from this i'm gonna appeal it and it, and you're gonna look you know like the bad guy right. so um so yeah so uh that was my sentence 168 your, your, months your first night in jail Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I didn't go to jail. I went to prison. Your first night in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's a it's a process, right? You don't you don't do anything quickly in 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 prison. Everything is a is a process. So when you get processed, things that we might take for granted, like hey, I'm going to take your photograph, I'm going to fingerprint you, um, going to you know take off the clothes that you have and then give you new clothes. You think that well, maybe you could expedite that in ten minutes. But when you're in that system, you really feel what it's like to be, you know, a cog in that machine or, you know, a, a piece of, of the digestive tract in that belly. Right. You are you are in that and you are moving slowly. Right. It, it, it just to get your fingerprints might take, you know, three hours. And then you're you hungry. Have no control. You're hungry. You're a vegetarian. You're like, well, I don't eat meat. Well, OK, uh, you can take the bologna off of that off of that bologna and cheese sandwich. Right. And, you know, we're not going to sit here and, 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 and give you some croutons and some, <laughs> and some uh, alfalfa, alfalfa sprouts, you know. So you learn really, really quickly that this is a world where you control little to nothing other than, you know, how you treat others and, and, how, and how you demand to be treated. Like that is that's the one thing that you really can't control. If you hold yourself to a standard where I'm going to respect myself and I'm going to respect the others around me. Mm. More often than not, that's well received. Right. But if you walk in, you want to be the bully in the bully pulpit, you want to be the bad guy, or you know, you're so clearly needy and weak and, 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 and crying, you know, not to say that, that those things are, that you can't do those things, but there's a time and place for right. everything. Right. And you know, environments like that are, are, are designed to, to, to break you. They're, they're designed to push you to to your limits. And it's not just from COs to inmates. It's inmates to inmates. It's family to inmates. Uh, it, it, it comes from it comes from all around. Um, yeah. 
You know, I, I do want to say this. You mentioned about support, and you mm-hmm. mentioned about mail, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that's something that you know, from me doing my bid, I know how important. And you definitely had support, and that definitely gets you to be able to bid easier. But uh, you know, the main thing that I learned, and and what I want to hear from you is. You know, uh, you learn who who's there for you. Mm-hmm. You learn uh, when you're away. You learn, uh, you know, who supports you and who doesn't. And then you also get surprised by some people. You know, I, I want to know. Uh, you know, and it, it could be anybody, but who kept it 100 with you, and and who surprised you? Uh, put money on your books, or or, or or you know, mail or visit. You know, you know the the, the people who, who who did that for me. They know exactly who they are. Um. And I, and I love them. I love them because of that. And I also know that there are people out, out here now, you know, who are back in the world, who, when I see them and they, and they say, I wanted to write you or I wanted to come see you. You know when a person is, 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 is when, when, when a person means that. Right, right. And you know when a person just giving you rhetoric like, yo, what, baby, you back, baby. You know, you know what that is. You know, and if you're foolish enough to, to be susceptible to that, then, you know, it is what it is. But, but, but. Ah oh, man, I, I, f- I feel so loved. Like you know, one of my first tattoos um, is actually just that word, loved. You know, because when I didn't, I'd, I'd have to remind myself and 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 look and look down just to remind myself that I am loved. And uh, and when you know that, when you exist within the belief that you are loved, um, beautiful things can happen. You you were uh, in prison. Couple of days before nine eleven, we just celebrated September the sixth. September September 6th. September the sixth, two two thousand and one, right. was the day that I was taken into custody in in Houston, Texas. Five days later, I'm in my bunk, and there's a knock on the door. Right, this is this is dark skinned brother who's from Texas, and he had a mouthful of gold fronts, right, tops, bottoms, just, and he's like, "Yo, uh, New York, hey little homie, you need to you need to come to the TV." And even by even at that point, I was very adamant, like no TV. Like I just saw TV as as the antichrist. Right? Why? Oh, because I saw what it you know TV was the opiate of the masses. Right. And you didn't have to be a whiz kid to walk into that system, and and to see that that the TV you know the TV had 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 lots of lots of power, lots of control. You know, we we could be in a in a storm three o'clock in the morning. If if, if the TVs go out, the cable company will be there in the morning. Mm. Because if you remove TVs from the prison equation, excuse me, people are forced to think mm. more. And we can't get lost in the escapism that TV provides. Especially in jail. When you're sitting there watching, uh, you know, a show about immaculate homes or what somebody's driving. Or, or Maury. Or, Maury was huge. Jerry Springer, Huge. Huge. I see these little brothers, 18, 19 years old, they get 30 year sentences. Somebody hooks them up with the radio, they go into the TV room and watch TV for like eight hours straight. Damn. And I'm like, little brother, you just got a 30 year bid. Take a walk with me. Like, have you resigned yourself to that fate? You know, um, but in any event, so so the morning of, of September the eleventh, two thousand and one, I get the knock on the door and he says, Hey, come to the TV room. And I'm like, nah, it's all right, I don't I don't watch TV. And he uh and he said, New York is on fire. New York is on fire. And you're not even know, I have no idea what he's talking about. I jump out of the bunk and I'm like, what? All right. My, you know, so I go to the TV room and as soon as I walk in, that's when I saw the second plane hit. So I'm bugging out. I'm like, wait a minute. Five days ago, I just got convicted. Of, it's too much. Of, of it's too much. It's too much now, going on. New York is on fire. Like, is, is this the end? 
I, 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 the phones, the phones to New York or, or, or the people dead. that I try to dead, no communication with anybody, nothing. The news that, that, that I'm receiving other than like if, if I wanted to read a newspaper, you know, a, a newspaper is, it can be days old before you ever before you ever read it. So you talk about existing within a bubble of, of disconnection. That was that, that was that's that was crazy, like, man. Mm-hmm. He's giving me flashbacks to do. I remember that, reading last week's paper. That's from fucking two crazy. Weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have some confrontation in jail, man? No, none. No, no. You know what? Um, I think that I I th- keep, I'm sorry. I keep saying jail, prison. It, yeah, uh, it's you know people say it, but they, but there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, of and I, I think that you really know it when you, if you, when, when, if, if you, you ever have to right. go through it, um, and hopefully. But you never had to check somebody, man. Never had to. I mean, why would I? Right. You know. Um, I mean, because it's you know, you anything can happen. I heard it's, is, it's very, from what I understand, from the outside looking in, anything could happen. I'll just, you, I'll, I'll, you could I'll, be having a bad day. This is true. This is true. This is what you know. I remember I was, I was at I was at Loretto once, and I was um, working out my man Dominican Pete. Dominican Pete's huge, and we had a three man car, right? And this is when I like really started to get back into into my, my, my fitness. So it was like mind, body control. It was just eating really clean, good living, you know, reading, working out. It was very regimented, right? Um, band practice, like the very strict. <laughs> and I remember one day we did a workout so hard that I actually fell back on the on the bench and like closed my eyes and put my, my, my hand above my head like I was exhausted. And Pete just like, you know, he hits me on the shoulder. He's like, yo, don't forget where you are, man. You think that you're amongst friends, and they're like 40 dudes in here who are all working out. I could have a problem with somebody I don't even know about it. Right. And as soon as I'm vulnerable like this, I close my eyes. That's he was like he was like it's right, my dude. Like we we're two dudes, but if we're over here doing pull ups and, and you you're here with your eyes closed, all it takes is somebody to smash your weight on your face, right, right. and you don't even know that you have an issue with somebody. So right. so again, you you had lessons like that, and it was always just you know be aware. Do I have beef with this person? Well, did you? Or did people have beef with you? Nah. Well, I mean, originally, because I came in as as, as the new guy, um, there are these things that you can do. And you're not just a new guy. I'm, I'm not the new guy. You're I'm, the new I'm, guy. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a guy who has who has a, a bit of a of, of a celebrity status attached to it. You know, I had a popular case. People knew I was coming to prison before I knew. Like they they were following the case, and they just they oh well of course you know like the the, the prison lawyer that I met. You know these dudes were like yeah I was I was monitoring your case. And I was looking, and I could tell that this was going to happen. I mean, these dudes were absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, the most profound thing happened probably within the first 72 hours of me going away. And that was, you know, sitting around, I'm, I'm in the mess hall, I'm finally eating like my, my, my dinner meal or something like that. And this dude whom I just met but knew amorphously from somebody else because, you know, there's geography involved. And, oh, yo, you might know my cousin from whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and, and you, you guys connect. And he's just like, yo, John, you know, one thing I can't understand, man, as I was, I was following your case, he's like, you know, with all due respect, you didn't have to do this. Like we did, I'm not. And he, he, he broke my heart. He was just like, "Yo, I'm not like smart like you, or I don't know, you know, certain people. Like, I, I had to take those risks. Like, I have kids, you know. And, and he's like, he's like, I kind of feel insulted that that you're here. Mm. And he he kept it. Re- that was like 100 with me. He, it was almost like, yo, like, why are you disrespecting like this space? This space is not cool. This space is not righteous. This space is not a rite of passage. Like we had, we got caught up for because we, so we, we it's had no other insult, choice. right? To him, right? That, 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 that which you, is which is what I mean, right? Right. In, in, in a situation like that, Absolutely. you don't know who has issue with you mm. over what, 
you know, you, you just have to. So how'd that turn out? Like, what, what oh, that, that was fine. I mean, right. that, was, that was fine because he actually forced me to have that, that internal dialogue right. that I think I was refusing to have with myself for years. You know, he, 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 she shook me into a, 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 a more, uh, a more awakened or heightened awareness. state of, of, of awareness and, right. and consciousness. Um, but that was, that was fine. But again, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I want to harp on the point, but I do want to say that, you know, after you get into your bid and after you get into your programming, a lot of, of your issues really tend to come down to who you surround yourself with, right? If you surround yourself with, with, with gamblers, invariably, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be some debt issues. You involve yourself with hooch makers, they're going to be some, some hooch issues. <laughs> you involve yourself with, with, you know, other contraband or, or, or whatever, issues. whatever's happening. There's issues. There are consequences for that. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, uh, you have to be a complete square, as it were, but know that there are consequences and repercussions for, sure. for, for your activities. Right. And if you're willing to play in that game, you know, it, whatever whatever happens, happens. But, you know, the most most of the dudes that, that, that I became, like, really, really close with or, or you know, that, that I, I continue to speak to, which which I'm allowed to do because I'm I'm no longer on probation right. now. Um, and Congratulations, by the way. Thank man. you very much. Um, and I and I communicate with these brothers. Well, they were brothers in similar situations. Brothers who, um, who who got a lot of time, who had opportunities to to to, to come home, you know, b- before the rest of their co-defendants, but for whatever reason, did not, um, you know, cooperate or, or or make deals, and and they ended up bearing the the the, the brunt for that. And for whatever reason, we could relate to that. So whether my friends were, you know, Jewish, Italian, Jamaican, uh, Trinidadian, Haitian, whatever. Do you have any Asians in the mix? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, oh man, uh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was no man book. Yeah, exactly. What, what, what makes you smile, man? Ah, uh, because I mean, this 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 one young brother in particular, you know, it was like it was like poker was his thing, you know. <laughs> no. it, 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 was, it was it was poker all day long, you know. He he had like he had like four teeth in his mouth. Asian cat. Asian cat. Really, really wealthy, like dude on the outside, like tons of property and things like that, but refused to, like he he had opportunity to get to get dentures, but his whole thing was, you know what? While I'm down, I'm gonna feel like a piece of crap, or I'm not gonna like beautify myself up. But you knew that as soon as like he he touched home, Colgate smile, right? He, 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 <laughs> he fixed some teeth. Is he? Is he out? Do you know if he's out? I don't know. I don't know if he's out. Right. In fact, I think I think he was actually supposed to be a little bit behind me on. On my original, on my original 168. Right. Um, so, uh, I hope he is. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just just a great like. Again, you know, and when you see people in, in those environments who are beacons of light, right, and who and who find ways to just make you, because we all feel the same. We all feel oppressed and downtrodden, beat up, and like why us and and sometimes victimized, even though some of us actually have victims on our cases. Um, <laughs> but 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 we but we you know but but when we see those people who just man they they just told us a joke and we need they knew what they were doing right. too and they were just paying it forward so that encouraged me to pay mm. it forward so so my bid actually over time was really about trying to pay it forward if I read a great great book I was trying to give it to another brother not with judgment like yo man my only thing was if I give you a book in in a, in a particular condition I want it back in that condition yeah. mm. whether you read it or not. You know what? I, uh, that's don't, a fair don't, condition. Don't have coffee stains on it and, and whatever. Just just give it back. So to if me somebody gave you a, a book back with coffee stains, man, would you would you try to shank them? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> now somebody gives you. No, no, what, you're so you're so disrespectful, right? I'm now. sorry. You, um, you, you, come on, man. It's a combat jacket. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I forgot where I was. I, I thought I was actually. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, in any event, no, no. I would, I would, I would express my disappointment okay. with, uh, with, with, with their negligence. But it's still very sensitive yeah to express well your disappointment in an environment like that i'll i'll i'll, I'll, I'll give you one better and i didn't mean I to stopped, disrespect you no, but come on right, man right. i stopped using the n-word when i was in texas when okay. i was in when i was in prison so i stopped using the n-word why and oh because i saw what happened to this young dude who used the n-word in the presence of an old head like an og right what happened um i he just got he just got like wally mopped on the yard you know it was something where you know the young kid came in he's like yo my nigga what and the dude was like, what? And like didn't even think about it. And you know, the old head like walked away from walked away from this 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 <laughs> palpitating, you know mass. Mass of, of goo and went back to his cell. And I right. was just like, What's up? He's like, nah, he shouldn't have called him that. Like this is one of this is one of the old timers who was on the front line, you know, trying to get away from rights and, 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 and equality That's like in the South and would not would not in courage or, or, or even even stand for that language so i was like you know what i learned that's amazing from that. coming from getting that lesson because mm. i wrestle with that word mm. you know pro against mm-hmm. pro against but for you to come out with a valuable lesson like that from inside and strangely enough i was 15 years old at exeter arguing my right to use that word against cornell west when he came to address our mm. student body so at 15 i felt I had every right and every every obligation to use it, and of course, again, I know the arguments. I turned that as as, as something that was that was used as, as hate into something that's used as love. As something as pride, yeah, yeah. But but then I I I I, I no longer existed within that mentality, and I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to use that language. Right. Plus, um, I don't want old head to. I mean, well, you learn, right? Because <laughs> yeah. in fact, old head and I became great buddies, and we played chess right. like regularly. Um, How's your chess game, man? Uh, it, spectacularly. Okay. You, we can play anytime. We, we, we got to play, man. I, 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 I play that. We can play anytime. Okay. Okay. Put the kitty up. The kitty would be wild. It is what it is. I mean, I got an app on my phone. Like, we can, we can play remotely. <laughs> no, like, we definitely got to play. In fact, yeah, SoundCloud.com, folks, if y'all want to play me at chess, find me at. Nah, I'm just kidding. See? <laughs> um, but but, but uh, 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 the, the, the point. Um, the point was, you know, I stopped using I stopped using that, that that language, and and this was really really close to me finding out that my sentence was commuted because I found out in November two thousand and eight, and um and I remember I was sitting there and I was studying. I got I got to interrupt you. Well, yeah. I have to interrupt you before we get to this point. Uh-huh. Where does the time go? Uh, where the where the fuck does the time go? Well, the the the, the time goes. Um, because I, I was transferred to a bunch of places originally. So after you go through the system of being transferred, you know, when you go from uh, uh, the FDC in Houston, Oklahoma, um, State Penitentiary Atlanta, United States Penitentiary, Lewisburg, USP, uh, Harrisburg County, um, Philadelphia, FDC, you make your way through these places until you get to your, your designated spot. And my spot was Loretto, which is in western Pennsylvania. Um, which is a low security facility, which means that we're behind um, a, a few electrified fences. You couldn't have more than 28 years on your sentence, mm. and you could have some violence. Um, but you know, it was it was it was as, as, as legit as as, as, right. as anything else. I what mean, was what was the worst place you'd been to? Probably Lewisburg, and and I mean, just going through there and just just going through Lewisburg, just on a few nights. I mean, you feel you feel the tension in, in Lewisburg, and you hear the stories. So all you need is is one night in a dorm in in in, in Lewisburg because 
that's when you come across dudes who who might not ever come home mm. and you may never know um oh man so i, I i'll tell you the story actually i was in i was in lewisburg um probably for my first time going to loretto and when you when you know when you're in transit people click up on on geography and things like that and i remember um seeing this this one brother who who was probably my complexion who had glasses um and i i saw him speaking spanish and when we got to lewisburg uh he was greeted by a bunch of italian dudes and i was just like this doesn't even compute this doesn't even add up come to find out this dude whose name I know I'm just not going to say it, just out of respect for him like there, there's no issue but he was raised by you know one of like the maid guys mm. um, who, who married his mother and raised him as his own so even though he was you know a Spanish cat from whatever he was his, his respect and his love came from a very particular demographic where that, that you know and, and, and he spoke he spoke Sicilian because he was raised by a Sicilian, but he also spoke Spanish because his, his mother spoke Spanish. It's amazing. So to see that interaction, again, you know, it defies expectations. Just right. when you think like, oh, I'll be cool with, with this dude. Well, maybe I'm not going to be. And <laughs> right, you just you just never you really never know, know what you're dealing with. Or you can't take anything for granted. Yeah. So seven and a half years, close to eight years go by. Oh, so, so, um, but I mean, I, you know, in terms of like the time, uh, yeah, man, I, um, you know, I taught myself how to play the guitar, which was huge. Like I, I, I learned at, at 28 years old how to how to play my first chord on the guitar and learned it well enough to ultimately teach other inmates. I uh, I taught critical thinking classes because I remember when Benazir Bhutto was assassinated, it it devastated me, and I came into the to the mess hall one day and I almost had tears in my eyes. And one of my dudes thought like there was an incident. He was like, "Is there you know something?" And I was like, "No, man, Benazir Bhutto just got assassinated." And he's like, "Who's Benazir Bhutto?" And I thought, well, now that's a problem, right? Because we're all in this system at the at the hand of a much larger uh, system, and if we don't know who the players are within that system, then we're there for naught. Like there is no there is no way to justify your experience at the hand of 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 of, of players that, that that you don't acknowledge. Then your time is in vain. But once you actually say, oh, okay, well, this is perhaps why I'm here, right? You have your ownership of responsibility, and this is why systems like this exist. This is how long they've existed, and this is, and this is when you start to challenge the status quo. So I had a relationship with Professor Charles Ogletree, who happens to be president, one of President Obama's mentors. And I'd speak to him on the phone, you know, once a week uh, and, and talk to him about what he was doing at, at Harvard. So finally... Because uh, he would send me journals, foreign affairs. I got really, really into um, international policy. Um, and uh, and finally, one day, I'm on the phone with him. He's like, oh, I want you to do me a favor. And I'm, my phone's about to hang up in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, yeah, I want, I'm going to send you an application. Application for what? I want you to apply to Harvard. I'm hmm? like, what? I'm in, I'm in prison. Like, they, there's no way they're going to. He's like, all right. So he sent me the application, went through the, the, the process, and I applied to Harvard. Because remember, I never finished my undergrad at NYU. Right. So now here's an opportunity where if I'm not coming home for, you know, I'd already been away for a number of years. If, not, if I'm not coming home until 2014, I, I conceived of a way for me to come home with the doctorate. Right. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to come home amazing. better than, than, than when I was. Which one in, right. So I applied to Harvard. In fact, it was actually 
a dude who came to interview me because that's how they do, right? They, they kind of crowdsource their alums and say, hey, if you're in the area, we have a potential candidate. You go visit them and interview them and tell us what, having gone to Harvard yourself or whatever. So I remember like when I was going to the visiting room to, to have this interview, it was like Rudy. Dudes were high-fiving me because they were just like, I was doing it for something more than myself. This was like, this was symbolic. This right. could be a game changer. And... um and, and and I remember I walked into the visiting room and I saw Duty as a briefcase. He, he's very very awkward and you can tell like off put by the whole thing. Like this is just weird to him. And he's like, "So why are you a Harvard man?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> my current location notwithstanding, you know." And then I had to make my pitch. But um, <laughs> the short of it is that I did not get into Harvard. Right. Um, and I was I was I was saddened by that. And I spoke to I spoke to Professor Ogletree and he's just like, "I'm not going to allow for you to be sad. We're going to we're going to keep trying until one school says yes." And uh, and I remember when I, I went back to the education department, and by this time I was actually in Fort Dix in New Jersey, and I went to the education department because it has to go through official channels. And I said, hey, I've got another idea. I want to apply to another school. And, uh, and the educator um, said, all right, what, what school? I said, um, the London School of Economics. Mm-hmm. And she was like, all right, look, like this, this is getting boring really quickly, right? Like Harvard said no. Now you're talking about the London School of Economics. We have a and this great, is a correspondence program. This would be a correspondence. Right. Like, Harvard has nothing on right. the books like that. Right. I was actually trying to... Change the game. Right. And, uh, but, but LSC does. They have their, their, their global campus. So, um, so when I said I wanted to apply to LSC, you know, she was like, look, we can get you into our vocational school, which is a half mile away. You can be certified in heating, ventilation, and air conditioning repair in six months. And I was like, with all due respect, is this what you tell your children? Mm. And um, and she didn't like that, but she saw my point and she pushed the application through, and I ended up getting accepted into London School of Economics for my undergrad in politics and international relations, um, which basically meant that I had no access to my professors or to my peers, but I had to be completely autodidactical, right? I had to teach myself everything based on the required and suggested reading, um, and I ended up getting in more trouble for having a locker filled with books. Then, if you had a contraband, right? Like, like there was actually a day I was working out in the yard, and one of my dudes came up to me. He was like, "Yo, yo, John, man, CEOs are tearing your locker apart." What? And I came back, and sure enough, books everywhere, like Pages. papers ripped. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And dude is like, "Man," and that's when I saw like the result, the, the, the res- resolution in his face. I wasn't new to doing time at this point. Right. Like this was this was a, a this was a, this was an orchestrated you know, public campaign. This was, this was sending a signal to me. So I ended up going into the, uh, the, 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 you know, the head and was basically like, why am I, why am I being abused for doing, for, for doing the right thing? Because oh, we, you're doing the right thing. Because you're doing the right thing. And of course, which wasn't said to me, but if, 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 if somehow the example that, 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 that others who, who before me have, have set, and then I'm, I'm trying to pay it forward as well, which is saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not only a man, but I'm a, a critically thinking man with tons of human potential and, and capital. Um, but when you send that signal out, well, now you start to take away job security, right? Because people are less inclined to come back, to come back if they have other options where they don't have to take those similar risks that got them there in the first place. It's fucked up, man. Welcome to the new world. It's fucked up. Yeah. So, so John, man, yeah. I could talk to you for hours. Your story is amazing. Thanks. And you're doing all this amazing stuff right now. 
Walk us through how you hear that you got this pardon from the most unlikely person in my mind on the planet. Well, it's widely misreported that I have a presidential pardon. If I had a presidential pardon, I would not have a conviction on my record. Okay. That's not to mitigate the, be- the, 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 the gift of the fact that I'm, I'm still the recipient of executive clemency, right. which meant that I received a commutation. Um, uh, which means what? A, a commutation meant that my physical time in prison was deemed sufficient. Okay. Um, but I still came home with five years uh, supervised release, otherwise known as probation. But it was it was it was it was deemed, you know, in that order that. Uh, it was recognized that I'd served enough time for, 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 for the nature of, uh, of my crime. And the thing about, uh, about that is uh, there, there, there is no, I mean, that's the one sort of absolute power that, that the president does have, where the president does ha- doesn't have to answer to anyone or anything or justify an action. Um, so executive clemency is, 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 is that, you know, and I was one of a, a very few. 14 from what I'm saying. Yeah. 14. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like this one of 14. One. Yeah. And how did you hear about it? Um, I was actually sitting, uh, I, I was sitting by my bunk and I was studying for an exam cause I had my, my, my second year exam coming up for, uh, for the London school of economics. And, um, uh, my man D black, little D black from Brooklyn, he comes over, he's eating a tuna fish sandwich and, uh, and I've got books scattered all over my bed. Like the way that I read is the way that most people like watch episodic television. I never just read one thing, but I'll read one chapter of one thing, one chapter of another one, ch- and and kind of go around in this circle, out, yeah. right? So I have this all these books spread out. So D comes over, and he's like, "Yo, baby, um, why don't you come and watch the TV?" And I was like, "Come on, black, like you know I don't watch TV," and like that was a rule of mine. Um, in fact, and it was actually this was the story I was alluding to earlier. There was like this 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 new guy who came into the in, in, into where I was and uh, thought that he was he knew me or, or thought that like we were very very familiar and because maybe we knew the same people and it was actually D Black who was with him who was making the intro and and this one brother you know he actually used the N word to me like referred to me yo my and before I could say anything D was like you can't you can't talk to to John like that. And he was like, yo, what, what you mean? He's like, John doesn't use that language. You just you just can't you can't So it wasn't like I laid down the law and, and, and I was sitting there like these are the rules I live by. But when you live when you live by a a, a, a you don't have to tell people right. th- these are what the rules are. People understand, oh, well those are the rules because this person is living it. I'm, and you don't just talk about it, you you actually live it. Um so so D basically like shrugged his shoulders and he was like, I thought that you would care because the president is on there right now handing out pardons and commutation. Mm. So I was like, what? So I went to the, the, the phones. Did you I, know you were on that list? No, no, I had no idea I was on the list. Um, you know, there, there, there are things, the process that, 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 you know, might have you hopeful. You know that your petition is, say, not dead. As long as you don't get a, get a, get a kill letter, you know, thank you for the receipt of, right. of this application, then you actually think, well, I'm, I'm still in the game. I, I haven't gotten any letters Turning me Take, down. Taking you out the game. Right. And you know people were working on your behalf. Absolutely. With regard to getting 
Yes. On that list. I mean, I lost I lost my, my three appeals. I lost right. my direct appeal. I lost my 2255. I lost my, my writ of cert, which was the Supreme Court. I thought we had great merit. We had a 38-page affidavit from the so-called kingpin in my case who actually recanted his testimony, you know, five years into the bid, which we could have introduced as new evidence. But his testimony at that point was deemed uh, incredible and inadmissible. So he was credible enough to convict me, but not credible enough to exonerate me right. by his own truths. That's crazy. Um so, so were you resigned to... to, to I, I was resigned to doing the best time possible. Uh, I knew that there was no guarantee that I was, I was ever going to make it home. Like, even with a release date, I just, I just, I knew that. Right. I knew that there was, there was no guarantee. Because anything I was, could happen. Anything could happen. Right. Um, so taking that, you know, arming myself with that information, you know, I became, I became, uh, you know, more dutiful about how I chose to do my time, like, and more respectful of how I chose to do my time. I actually started doing this thing every day where I would have an hour of a silent meditation. And if you're living in a dormitory, like, that's a difficult thing to do. But I had it to the point where I just had a little sign where I'm like, I'm not speaking from this time to this time so that I can collect my thoughts. Um, and, and that was respected. It was like, all right, John's a little eccentric. He's a little weird. But... But but there is a reason. I'm gonna let him rock with that quiet time. Exactly. You know what? And 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 when you do something again and you do it authentically, even though it might be a little weird or a little far people, out, people respect it. It's just like, oh man, you know what? Because I'm 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 doing what feels right, right. for me. Right, right. Um. So you know, I wait. I'm, I'm waiting on the phone line and I'm I'm calling one person and it's uh, it's one of my friends who's also um, representing me right now with the with the with the executive clemency case. And I, and I call her up, and I call her Artie up, and she presses five because you have to accept in, 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 in with this calling system. And I hear this background noise like it's an ambience, uh, like, like she's at a restaurant. And um, there's a pause. And she goes, well, did you hear anything? And I said, the only thing that I heard was that the president was on TV giving out pardons and commutations. And this was at 6 o'clock on November the 24th, 2008. And, uh, and she said, your name is on that list. She said, "We found out this morning. We've been trying to contact uh, the prison, but they wouldn't let us. They wouldn't let us contact you." And I said, "What does that mean?" And she said, "It means that you'll be home within thirty days." Fuck. And um, and I fell silent, and I I said, "Thank you." Um, and I went and I I, I found my dude Ramel. Ramel, God bless, just came home, and um. And I went up to Ra, and I was like, yo, Ra, I'm, I'm going home, man. And he was like, yeah, baby, we all are, man, one day. And I was like, no, like, I'm going home within 30 days. And then somebody that I, I, I knew kind of peripherally came up to me and was just like, yo, um, I was speaking to Ra. And he was like, yo, John, what's your middle name? And I said, I told him what my middle name was. And he gave me a big hug because by this point, NPR had picked up the story, uh-huh. and they read the list of, of, of the handful of names who, 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 who were, who were going to see some light. And um, when they said my middle name and then they you know, said New Jersey, which was where my mom uh, was located at the time, uh, then it just it circulated around the prison. And it's news also because you're John Forte. This, yeah. You're John, it's not just— well, well, the interesting thing was, like, you know, um, it, it was— it was it was so quiet at first, right? It happened, but then by like five the next morning, because I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't know if I could get immediate release or or, or, or what it meant. But by like five o'clock in the morning, I'm watching the news, and that's when like headline news and CNN picked up on. on MTV wait a minute, even. right? <laughs> like wait a minute, this is not just a list. There's right. actually there's a story here that, that that might be you know newsworthy, and that's when I actually got a little nervous because I was just like, wait a minute. Um, if, if is this, this back right is, is is this blessing gonna 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 come back and and and, and do more harm right. than, than good um 
and and fortunately, you know that that wasn't the case. But I, I definitely got nervous at that point because I was like, you know, all you all, all you want is the wrong person, yeah. uh, with a, a large audience to come out and yeah. and to and, and to try to kill that light, you know. So which is which has happened. You come home. Yep. What's the biggest change in the world, other than the BlackBerry that you're handed and you're trying like what what is this? Um. You know, it was it was. There was so much to to consume. Uh, the the information that was out there, uh, the access that that fans had to artists and and that we had to music and we didn't have to wait around because even when I was away, you know, we didn't have computers. Um, they they do now. Like now, you can actually have, they have, they have, they're introducing email systems, which I think would have been great for my bid, but <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't have that I didn't have that opportunity. So I did a lot of handwriting letters, but um. But seeing, you know, how much content was out there, and I remember feeling really overwhelmed. I was in the studio, and everyone had something to show me, like the first day that I was home. But no one would show me in its entirety. So I, I, I was like, "Why? The video is only three minutes. Let's watch it for three minutes." But somebody would have another idea, like a minute and a two seconds into the video, and I'm thinking to myself, "Like, I can't do this. I can't I, process it. Right? I'm, you're not giving me enough time to uh, absorb." What I'm, I'm supposed crazy, to be, right? what I'm supposed to be watching. You, you hadn't had an opportunity to work that nope. muscle. Nope. Uh, exactly. Like I'm, 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 I was old school in yeah. so far as if you show me a video, you sit down. Absent it being the worst piece of trash that I've ever seen, I'm going to watch. You sit down I'm watch and be like, going to digest it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I digest it. But then it was just like everything was flying at me. And to your point. I had two phones when I came home. It gave me an iPhone and it gave me a BlackBerry. And it was just like... Which one did you like instantly, man? The BlackBerry. Was, <laughs> you liked the BlackBerry better? BlackBerry. Because it was more... It was tactile. Like, right. And I felt like, you know, I, I still had had stuff to say. Like, I don't I don't use text abbreviations. Right, right. You know, even That's to this day. That's fascinating, man. I, I have to... You know, I actually rarely use contractions right. when, I, when I write. I, you know, you, you're taught not to use those. So... I, I'm, I'm, my, my writing is a, is a bit more formal and I think you know the Blackberry was just conducive to that and I was very very sad to see it go but I'm I'm, I'm okay with, with what with, with the technology I'm working with these days yeah yeah. listen man I know we, I gotta end this man but yeah no, no, but, but it, you're working it's, it's bittersweet thank you're, you you're working thank on you music me. yeah I'm working I, on I heard you know off off air some of your music mm. man and and I definitely want to play at least one of these songs for 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 guess, man. After after we wrap up, man, because I think the the shit that you you're back to rapping. Yeah, I'm, I'm having I'm having fun with the. Language but you're not just again. back to rapping. You're back to <laughs> rapping like John Forte. <laughs> yeah, I I would like to think I, I never left, but I did. Yeah. I did. I, I I physically left, and uh, you know it's it's good to be it's good to be back. But but you're rapping with passion right now. You know, I feel I've, I I ran into I, I ran into somebody a a. a, a peer of mine who's who's killing it knocking it out of the park and and i hadn't seen him since before i left and you know his reputation precedes him and uh and i just i just Yo, ran, you're so I, media I, trained man i, I ran I, I, I'm I so media I, trained you're not gonna tell us who this is no nah, not at all and um and and literally <laughs> and literally dude you know just fell out just passed out and was like yo i can't believe you know that that, that, that you're here and that you're back and and while it's good to um to just acknowledge that i think what's more important is you know that was a great moment but every moment is a great moment right like you will not like you have to be hard pressed to see me in the street with the frown on my face right and i mean you guys see the way that i travel like i like, can't light 
light. There is no, there is no entourage. There, there, there's no nothing. It's kind of me and my thoughts, man, and and going from point A to point B, and um, and that to me, that simple little luxury. If I'm in my apartment at two o'clock in the morning, I want to go out and get a pair. I can get a pair. I learned really quickly when I was away. It wasn't about you couldn't get that pair when you was away. That's it, and it and wasn't that pair about would consume it, it, you, it, right? It, was, it wasn't about like coming home to like the, the, the big home or the fleet of cars or any of that. It was about like getting a pair at two o'clock in the morning. All right. And you know what, man? You hear that in my music right now. Like that's that that my what I'm doing with my music right now is 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 paying back how blessed I feel. It's not to say that again. This is like Holly Go Lightly stuff where I'm just like, hey, let's all dance around the fire and like you know believe in universal harmony, which is great. But I'm also a, a realist, and I think the language that I'm using right now is actually making my my music more poignant than ever. What's the what's the uh, working title of your project? The working title is Never Say Die, and and you know what's what's beautiful about it is I kind of feel like in many ways this album is full circle, and and you hear these themes when you know from artists where they're like, oh, I feel like I'm coming back to my roots, but we we hear these themes because they're actual, like these are these are these are real world phenomena, and I. You know, I'm still producing a, a ton of, of my music and, and I produce stuff for other people, um, especially since I've been back. But what's really special about this project is um, I, I went home for this and, and, and I'm, I'm working with my man, Bar Kim, and his production team from, 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 from Brownsville, from Brownsville nice. and, and beyond. And you hear the energy and, 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 and the, 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 the thoughts behind their production. And, you know, I'm honored. I'm honored to be like, you know, I can go all the way around the world and then come back come home back because this is this is where this right. is where this sound started. This is where the where this this personal movement started. So um so, you know, I salute Bach Kim and I salute I salute my, my, my home um for for giving me what it gave me. You know? And you know what, John man, we salute you, man. Because this is definitely a story of redemption. I mean the story's not over, of course. I mean you might you uh, your lips to God's I, I understand that there's a, a book in the works. I've been signed to Simon and Schuster for um a few years now to uh to, to deliver my memoirs. They're so. waiting on it. They're, they're waiting on it, but I'm making progress. Right. I'm making progress. Right. You know what writers do? Right. Right. Writers right. You got the jewelry company. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. You got La Castle Productions. I have, I have La Castle. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've, we've done a few great films, um, nominated for, for my first Emmy um, as a result of, 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 of one of these films. Uh, I work on Brooklyn Castle. We find out actually at the end of this month. We have our show in New York coming up October first. I just did a duet's album with my little brother Ben Taylor, which okay. is mean. I gotta check that out. Yeah, so October first at City Winery. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of doing the theme song for the Brooklyn Nets. I had Brooklyn DA on CBS. You did something um, with Sundance, and you do a, a, a. I I I did I did I I scored all of the trailers for Sundance a few years ago. There were like four or five of them that you watch before every film. Um, I was on the jury at the Tribeca Film Festival last year was honored the year before that like and speaking all over the place i am i am you know and 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 to to, to kids and to to attorneys to judges to um lawmakers to policy makers um just recorded with harry belafonte working wow. with him at the end of this month he's on he's on the new album um we had michelle Negarcello uh in, in, in the studio a couple of weeks ago she's a, a, a virtuoso and a beast um i'm 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 really really enjoying this creative uh this creative process right now i feel like i've been more prolific in the past six months than i've been in six years so to, to sum it up man to sum this whole interview up man this whole journey man what, what's the most valuable lesson you learned now is all we have that's it it's every, everything else is speculation internet 
Sean Forte. Internet. Combat Jack. Yes, sir. Premium Pete. Cheer. What's happening? Premium. Oh, before before we leave, <laughs> I cannot leave without calling this guy John Forte, the chosen one. <laughs> Yo, like I get so excited and so happy to see another brother come home and stay home mm. and, and really just inspire people, man. And I'm really, inspired. And I, All we got is now. Yeah. And and make the most of a situation, man. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people fuck up, uh, but it's, it's not how you fall down. It's how you get back up. That's right. Yeah. So I salute you, brother. Thank you, brother. Internets, you know what it is, man. You tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows and technicolor and surround sound. Blow. When pandemonium strikes and midnight hits the sand switch, your mind flips, flip, bleeps to nine six. Son, home, he's great. He got dinner on his plate, a no hit on his mouth. Refined with his taste and go getters on the ground. It's the end to the street, 20 litters in the pound. Walk them all without a leash when you kidders come around. It's too hard not to breathe when you were born underground. Still living loud. You know the world is still ours. It's a pleasure. Let's split it up. Too many sharks in your pool chewing. I only swim in waters if I can see through it. And chew a little fame can make you act foolish. But if you knew what I knew, you would be a student. Listen here, youngin', lean in, learn something. <laughs> While the world turns, turns something. Give a shout to my home, what's good it? But brothers, test your heart and figure out where you put it. We understood it as the foes remain. Talked it out, walked it off, and chalked it up to the growing pains. Hero worshipped every hustler, not the lower names. Auntie hanging out the window looking so ashamed. Her little sister got evicted, now she's showing veins. Her old man was the man, now he's slowing lanes. Ain't that awful? You gotta hit the store with a car full and you ain't got a car. I learned to stand, learned to fight, and how to spar. I took a fall, bounced back, and fought the law. I get my giggle on, ask little Sean. We occupied the very streets where stars were born. Those are names we remember well. Those who tell don't know, those who know don't tell. <laughs> Too many years went by, by, by. should change but the time and the feelings it's all the same baby can i get a witness my 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 this episode of the combat jack show was produced by jonathan mena executive produced by a king and chris morrow engineered by samir karan and recorded in the engine room audio studio in downtown manhattan this is an official loudspeakers networks production